You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Hog of Liberty Podcast. This is episode number 327. PBS? <laughs> this is this is we're going to be full NPR today and on our best behavior. Hi. Uh because we're this is like let me let me this is, do it like NPR. Shut the hell up. Hi. Shut up. We're busy. We are uh this is like when the teacher has the principal sitting in the back of the class. Uh-huh. And uh she's I I never went to school, so I'm assuming. Um it, this is how I always pictured it before the, the movie got dirty, uh, is that <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the boss. Liberty podcast. This is episode number 327 of East St. favorite podcast. Jeremiah moral Dakota Davis, executive video producer, audio engineer, Zach Burcham. Uh, we are being audited today by our, our, our network, uh, brass, uh, and his, uh, his sidekick. <laughs> Uh, and then our roommate Brian. Excuse me, Chief Diversity Officer. What was that word? Did you uh, slur that? Right, you can do it, Officer. He's, he's high on Pizza King tonight. <laughs> pizza King Sorry. really did him in. I had one chocolate covered pretzels and woo. He had the, the vodka oh, you didn't have the, you didn't have Brian's special pretzels, did you? <laughs> <laughs> the ones for his back <laughs> make you feel real good. Dakota, <laughs> Dakota, to your part. <laughs> Today's episode features Mr. Chris Spangle, who is from. BET, and he is here to entertain us all, not just Harry. And Harry is here from Loki Wall. That was very clever. And uh, <laughs> Harry's here. He's from the Loki Wall show. Quips. We're going to be uh, we're going to be talking to Harry about all kinds of things, not but just not internet security and IT work. We're also going to probably talk about vehicles, Harry. I hope you're ready. Good, good, good. And then we also have Mr. Brian very, Nichols. We have from- some very passionate hot takes about rotary engines. Be prepared. <laughs> I have a luck. The rotary's back. It's great. It's, it's, w- it's Wankle Wednesday, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> what? That's a great segment. <laughs> we that. also have Mr. Brian Nichols from The Brian Nichols Show, who is in the studio, this side of the studio building I'm tonight. your neighbor, yeah. Um, Weird over here. We just wanted to point out all the dust on the ground and how you've chosen to walk over it. <laughs> he's, he's a really he just he believes in property rights. He I, only I, I, I pay right on that side <laughs> right. of the studio, Jer. There is an empty box of chocolates. There is a box of tea, an open jar of honey. They're on the desk tonight, and that is what we talked about in Patreon. And uh, if you want to hear any of that, then you have to go to patreon.com slash boss hog of liberty. That's where you can support the show on a monetary level every month. They start out at $5 a month. They go all the way up to $50 a month. Sure do. This show is about our lives in rural Indiana who push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we'll provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh, but hopefully you'll always learn something new. Uh, tonight we're going to learn about diversity with Chris. Uh, $50 or more a month, Dakota. Who are those people? 
$50 or more, you get a shout out at the front of the show and your business slash whatever you want to plug. And those folks are Miss Christy Avery from all the way in Fort Wayne, Indiana, our favorite Norwex dealer, Mr. Jonathan Phillips, um, our favorite car dealer in the continental United States, Andy Moore, Buick, GMC and Fishers, Indiana. And then Mr. Anthony Meyer, who's, uh, I wonder if he's being able to catch his breath after the Christmas rushers. Now it's just all the returns are being processed. So maybe it's even busier. Did you guys have a good Christmas? Had a great Christmas. Do you have stuff to return? Uh, No. Gift cards? Are you rich in gift cards? No, not anymore. No? No. You had to get one gift card. You've you've seasoned through into just socks and underwear? Yeah, I mean, I'm a dad now. We're, you know, uh, everybody's a dad here. Congrats on the sex. Jerem and... Not me. You just like that's when it dries up because all the presents are now for your kids. Correct. You know, and and you care about about the presents for the kids. It's like... I got I got a cool present from my dad. It was a set of LED lights that I really wanted and a, and a Weber grill. But my dad just is super extra, you know. But everybody, you know, it's really about like seeing your kid get the Play-Doh uh, ice cream sundae with the real slime drizzle, and then spending like her favorite present was we got her the princess bicycle, not Santa, because that fat man doesn't need the credit. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so we got her a princess bicycle. Her favorite gift was the $6 pair of craft scissors, her first pair of scissors. And so while she, her bike is sitting there as she has opened the bike, she's like, you know what? Runs over, gets her scissors and starts cutting the paper (laughs) off the bike. It's just fun how their little brains work. So it was like great for those experiences. Jackson is obsessed with scissors. Just every time we wrapped presents, it was just saving a, chunk of paper for him so that he could cut it into the microscopic pieces oh. that get caught in the rug and you have to sweep up <laughs> on your yeah. way home get we santa brought her craft paper too like two big things Brilliant. of craft paper Ooh. and so today i mean it looked like a new orleans parade with all the confetti because she's just cutting she's cutting me basketballs as we're watching the pacers <laughs> like just on fire yeah 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 i gave gunther um a real pair of scissors uh finally she finally graduated the real scissors. She can't use them at school though, but mm-hmm. uh, freaking dangerous with them though. Cause she's uh, <laughs> man, <laughs> a little running around the house with them right now, but it's okay. Has she tried to cut her hair? Um, no, fortunately that has not happened yet. Barbie's I, hairs? Um, no Barbie's hair yet. I think it's mainly because I barely emphasis on this is for paper and paper only. Smart, and and yeah. we have different scissors for fabric and this scissors are for hair and those scissors that she knows these are directly for hair. She can't get That's to. actually a really good idea. Yeah. Harry, I feel like you're a guy that would have his own dedicated meat cutting scissors. Do you have meat scissors in the I house? I do. Like, I actually do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like... I felt like Harry would definitely have a set. Harry has scissors for every project. Who doesn't so. have meat scissors in their house? Yeah, what I, kind of scissors would you use for chicken and yeah, the scissors same scissors and I open and, the mail with? I actually have a separate scissors for chicken and pork. Right. I've got one set that the okay. red one is for um uh, You don't have kosher scissors? You animal. This is why we had to bring the diversity I, officer I in to explain this to you. Chef's knife. Oh, have you never used scissors? I use a chef knife. Oh, man. Scissors I'm very skilled far, with it. I don't The need Koreans scissors. are c- correct. They're, scissors are far superior kitchen utensil. Mm. Yeah, I love the scissors. Yeah. Got it. Got it. But my, our scissors are all stainless and they 
just come apart mm-hmm. so that you can flop them mm-hmm. in the dish. Did you get the big ones so you can nice. pick your whole hand into it oh, too? Yeah, dude, yeah those great. are really nice. I like those. Yeah. yeah. Uh, scissor talk on the Boss Hog Liberty. <laughs> ladies, Zach, have you got any scissoring idea? Any scissoring for a Scissoring tip? No, I was keeping myself on that one. Lions and the Cowboys play on Saturday. We get to watch my team lose. great on QVC. I know. We could sell scissors all day. Brian, you're... Brian, your team's playing Monday Night Football on Saturday night. How do you feel about that? I, I, uh, you know I, why? Uh, why the NFL gave up on January first? They they gave it to the uh, children mm. because college football mm. is for the kids. Yeah, makes sense. Well, yeah, you know, uh, New Year's they, Day. They, they, I think also the NFL just really wants money, 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 yeah. money. They, they, they don't want anybody to be distracted when those Thursday when Dan Campbell and his his lions come to town. They're creeping into Saturday now. <laughs> Friday night football. They have Saturday night football, Sunday, Monday. So the only two days you're not having football are Tuesday and Wednesdays. Al Michaels. Uh, nuts. Does anyone watch Thursday night football on Twitch? No. It's usually terrible. It's on Amazon. They, it's they usually had, a bad game. I think Al Michaels has now officially plus- called an NFL game on every day of the week. Now he can die. Wow. Yeah. Because of COVID. Oh, that's now, right. Yeah. COVID, COVID right, COVID yeah. pushed it around enough. And then I think he called a Thursday game at Thanksgiving. So he, or I guess he's done Thursday earlier. He did. It was the Friday game. It was the first NFL Friday game they ever had. Uh, and it was the oh, day game, the Black Friday the game. Black, which yeah, is brilliant. Al, Al Michaels called that game. By the way, there's a backstory on the law on that one, too. Did mm. you know that? Mm-mm. That game had to be played mid afternoon because when the NFL allowed the, the AFL, the con- Congress allowed the NFL and the AFL to merge. Okay. And they had a carve out that said you can't counter program high school football. Ah. So you cannot, by law, have an NFL game after like 6 p.m. on a Friday. So that's why that game was played at like 3 in the afternoon. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Nice. I'm a basketball fan now. I watched. I always was more of a basketball you fan. Have, you must have Bally we Sports to, money. We've been talking about the Pacers a lot. We went too, to a Pacer game and it reminded me how much I loved watching basketball. And so we like... Every other night now, I watch a Pacer game. Yeah, in person, it was so fun, but it's so much quicker than the NFL. It's like the same. Used to watch the football game and then watch a baseball game and go, "Oh, this is so slow." It's Are like, you going in person to the that the, the Pacers game? Oh, we don't have that kind of money. No, I, I was given. I was given tickets. I think yeah. the context was different too because it's a yeah. smaller court. These guys yes. are ginormous human beings. Like it's, they take four yeah. steps and they cross the entire mm-hmm. court. You go to a Pacer game where our football feels three. It's feet. huge. Yeah. But when you go to a Pacer game, the entire hour and a half, two hours you're there, you are entertained by something. Right. Mm-hmm. When they take and a break, there's so trapeze the artists and the dancers it and the seems lights. Like with what you were saying with the NFL being slow, it seems like anymore there's so many flags yeah. on every oh, play. Every this play. year has been excruciating. And then it's been for so some bad. reason the officials feel like they have to do a ten minute monologue every time that there's right. a flag and walk over there. Puffed chest, click the button for their microphone, and then do their sign language. You yeah. know who set that the whole <laughs> stage up for the refs to do this pomp and circumstance? It's Ed Hockley. I blame mm-hmm. Ed Hockley. Yep. That jacked SOB. He just got an he's old a lawyer fat, like too. The rest that was his them. day job, and then he's like, "I'm gonna be a, a ref. Why not?" There's just his this. son does it now. Yeah, he does. He, he does the exact same thing his dad does. Everybody does the in the NFL is at 500. It's you know, it's I don't know. There's just something about the NFL that isn't the same as like. Ten years ago, when I was watching oh, yeah. it, I think there's the, no the, well. The quarterbacks two aren't things. as elite. I think you're having more injuries because you. Welcome to the the wall uh, sports segment of the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've we've gone from pocket passers. So, 
Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, those yeah. guys were all pocket passers. Now we've gone to where these guys are running around. So you've got Tua Tagliabola who gets his head smacked on the ground and misses time. Anthony Richards for the Colts. Anthony Richardson gets gets hurt. Aaron Rodgers first damn play of the game, his his yeah. you know his ligament snap because he's my age. Um, but you've got had like fourteen of the teams are on their original quarterback. The rest of the league has has had to go to their backups at least for significant. And if you time. don't have a good quarterback, you don't have a team. You're screwed. Well, and let me. And my then, old man hat on really quick. I mean, goodness, like the part of the problem is that <laughs> welcome to Indiana. Yeah, I'm here now. Uh, <laughs> I'm embracing my role. No, but like part of the problem too is that there has been such a a focus away from like truly practicing, trying to uh, focus on the details. Like you're seeing it, the quality in the game on the field is diminished. Like you, you mentioned, ten years ago, it's mm-hmm. not the same game. It's it's a completely different game. Yeah, and you're missing out on that quality and the attention to detail that really does help not only make a better quality game, but it, it avoids the injuries. Like if your offensive linemen are garbage, your quarterback's going to get hurt. Yeah. If your quarterback's going to mm-hmm. get hurt, you're going to have a subpar quarterback throwing the ball to your receivers. That means that your receivers aren't going to have quality passes coming their way, which means you're going to try to rely on the running back, which means the defenses are going to know you're going to be running the ball. They're going to be playing mm-hmm. against your run game. It's, it's, you barely, and that you've cut, you've cut practice down to almost nothing. Training camp is, yeah. is, is, is like two weeks. The Cowboys where, just had their, I'm a Cowboys fan. That's my sin, my cross to bear here. Um, oh, I knew it. I know it. it's, it's, I know. You just look at him. You can fan? see it in his face. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the attitude. They, they just yeah. had their, yeah. last padded practice where they could hit each other oh really <laughs> there's three more weeks in the season like they can't tackle each other anymore well like, and the thing with basketball is like reagan doesn't really follow sports but she can she doesn't mind watching it because there's there's action there's like you don't really have to know the players there's exciting plays it's, it's there's five of them too. Like, right yeah. whereas football you don't West really... Virginia seventeen, North Carolina ten in the and Duke Mayo Bowl game right now. Yeah. Right, and then now they're scoring up to one hundred and fifty-two a game. Which is yeah. nuts. Yeah. It's crazy. I remember back when they used to play defense. You know, yeah. you can't Jim do that. Now. Yeah. So here's my here's my quarrel no with the NFL right now. Uh, two things are happening that people that cause people to pay attention. One, fantasy football is taking over the world. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but they're destroying their product because today, to save $40 million, the Waltons, who own the Denver Broncos, have benched Russell Wilson for the next two weeks. <laughs> Why? Because there's a clause that says that if he's hurt and can't pass a physical March 1st, they Guaranteed. have to pay him $40 million additional. Guaranteed. So they just benched his Guaranteed. ass and said, yeah, we're probably not going to win anything, so we're done. And he's not that good to begin with. So they He's don't a Super Bowl winning quarterback, but yeah, it's fine. But not this uh, season. No, well, no. The Broncos aren't that good yet. They're rebuilding. So anyway, rebuilding that, there are, so, as I said on Facebook today, uh, and if the Waltons million? don't have $40 million, they paid what $4 hope billion well, he's, he's already the guaranteed team. 85 Yeah, so yeah. it's, it's so an additional the $40 million. in the toilet. Yeah. The economy's bad. If Russell Wilson gets his money, it's going to cost you an extra nickel for those chicken cutting scissors Billionaires are struggling too. <laughs> Listen, okay. Jack, exactly. it's Bidenomics. So it's Frank Reich is struggling. Let's appreciate yeah. Frank Reich Frank, getting fired Frank, twice. Frank's been fired twice in twelve months. And, and meanwhile, he's making like eighty million dollars a month. Yeah. What a life! <laughs> if you, if, if Frank Reich, if you want to invest anywhere, <laughs> just become a patron, please. <laughs> so anyway, uh, same Andrew Bowman. The NFL has their fantasy football problem. People are playing their championship game this weekend with hundreds of dollars on the line and things they worked on all year. Yeah. And then Russell Wilson, who might have been your starting quarterback, me, uh, just got benched. And they said, sorry, screw you, you Jerry. You hear him like yeah. you know, the, the intense. And secondly, more yeah, importantly, more important. I lost in a very sad matchup last week. So I'm I was so I'm I. in the third place game. Uh, the other more money on the line. 
People have legitimate money on Legit- it. Like, I was le- just about we, to say that. We have massive gambling yeah. industry here. You're not even in all 50 states, but the reason that Mark Cuban just sold his basketball team to uh, a woman named Adelson who runs a major casino in Vegas is because with the collapse of these, like, try to find a basketball game. It's impossible unless you have one carrier, which my brother fortunately has a login for. Um, Bally, which is bankrupt. Uh, he, we don't have Bally. He has like the, the dish, one of the dishes. And so you have one of the dishes. You can watch everything. Otherwise, you're out of luck. You're not mm-hmm. watching basketball because the Bally's, you know, what used to be Fox Sports Regional, that's all collapsing. So the only way that these franchises in all of these major sports are going to make money is off of gambling. Yep. It's all which the, has, the DraftKings advertising. Revenue. And it's all on your phone and it's gamified and it has massive implications for the mental health of the men in this country. Yep. And it has massive implications for the financial welfare of regular middle class and lower class families. But when you already but, had your parlay for the week put together and then the Broncos sit their right. freaking quarterback down, somebody's not going to make rent this month. Right. And so the the reason that you are now seeing these teams like why is why are the Washington Bullets, I will not call them the Capitals. The, what are they Jesus called? Christ. How many sports the Washington is he say? Bullets, Wizards, the, the Washington, Capitals play hockey, no, whatever. the Bullets are pew-pew, and they've been gone, the and Michael Jordan and the Wizards, wore the Wizards jersey. The Bullets and the Wizards and the Capitals are all soon moving. They'll the, soon they'll okay, be the Virginia I'm, Wizards. I'm, I'm just terrorizing you. But the reason they're moving into Arlington is because they're getting public money. And so to own an NFL team is to become a billionaire off of gambling from middle class and lower class people who don't have it and from taxpayers who also don't have it. But these cities like Indianapolis, the sports strategy worked. People want to live in Indianapolis. They want to go to Indianapolis. I love living downtown. Right. And so it's it's, I I caught heat over this. It's going to become an increasingly predatory segment of our society in Mm -hmm. 10 to 20 years. Professional sports will be one of the most predatory evils in America. I caught heat over this, but the stadium, the arena that the bullets built right. uh, is the same age as Gainbridge Fieldhouse yeah. is. And I I don't know what's going to happen when the Simon, the last Simon brother dies, mm-hmm. but Indianapolis better be damn sure that they've got that thing locked up for 20, 25 years in the future yeah. or else... Nashville's going to come calling. Well, the city, Seattle's going to come calling. The city gave them a bailout. The the Pacers are deeply, deeply invested in the city in a way that the Colts are too. But uh, the the oldest is the the baseball stadium, which is still very nice, mm-hmm. still an industry leader. <laughs> Gamebridge, I'm not worried about because they just get, did the renovation. But again, they've had the Pacers have had public money bail them out to save them from bankruptcy. They've had just had the, the, the you know, there's an ice skating rink right now that you can take your family to. It's, it's, they've upgraded. They, they've continued that to add money to that. Yeah. But those, those things buy you another five to 10 years. Right. They don't buy you, you know, you and I are now of a certain age where we can right. remember RCA Dome was getting, was, you know, aging. Ju- aging. They were saying, there was the, the morning where, John Clayton is sitting there before Colts game in December saying, man, they are moving this team to Los Angeles Mm -hmm. like in two years. Yeah. Like the threats were real and they were there. And these stadiums, these stadiums are the same age now as they were when they were moving them. And we've watched, we've now watched an entire life cycle where Atlanta built a stadium for the Olympics. They've already moved on to the new place. Yeah. Like these, the, the, the the Redskin commander football team (laughs) has, has, 
two two stadiums and they want a third. I think, right? but I think in ten years, like first of all, it's the Pacers, and I love the Pacers, but the Pacers are a an eighth in the Eastern team and will always be an eighth in the Eastern team. They're not like the fever who are going to get two first round draft picks two years in a row and be a monster, massive hit, Mm -hmm. but they're still not going to sell out Cambridge. The Pacers don't sell out Cambridge. I mean, there's if, if, they were the Lakers, then you might have that discussion. But the problem in well, 10 years have is mass transit. the cost to taxpayers is going to be so exorbitant that you're going to, you're going to start to see these cities start to push back. It's not like, or say 10, 15 years ago where the city knows if the Colts leave, we go back to Indian O place and the whole strategy falls apart. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I don't think you could be in that situation with the Pacers because I think in 10 years, it's it's like um, the Olympics. Nobody wants to host the Olympics anymore. Nobody wants to host the World Cup. The benefits now don't match what it costs to do the Olympics. And so you're going to have to see a necessary shrinking of public investment or it's just not going to happen. You're going you're gonna to end up in Dubai with just Saudi Arabia and that opens up, you know, <laughs> All of the moral quandaries and slavery. Live, live money is going to dominate American sports in, in all assets. Yeah, the all only aspects. way they can make that up is is through gambling. So you are seeing pressure. The NFL, the players union, has has been very vocal about wanting all of these playing surfaces changed to real natural ga- grass. Uh, <laughs> Brenda Greider says, uh, you confused me. I thought it was Thursday. Uh yeah, it's uh it's, they moved it's, it for it's, me and then my photo shoot got moved to noon. <laughs> <laughs> so we could have well, done it. Yeah, you never know. You never know what's happening. Um the NFL is getting pressured by their union to move to all all grass. Mm-hmm. And they're saying that you just exactly what you're talking about. For the World Cup, they are ripping out the sod in Cincinnati off their field and all of these others, and they roll in grass just for the for the soccer games. Wow. They did it at Lucas Oil when when they had a, a a European group come in and they played soccer there. They put they put real grass down for those games and they rip it back up and put the turf back in. Well, hell, they put wow. the monster dirt. Have you ever have you ever been to a monster jam? Monster jam is the best. It's so, awesome. Yeah. So put that, the, the monster so much, trucks with the so dirt in the Lucas Oil. Oh, it's yeah. awesome. the, the estimate great. is it's fifteen to twenty it's million dollars a year. They could do every stadium. And it would cost the team fifteen to twenty million dollars a year to do the to do the legit grass, mm-hmm. but these billionaire owners don't want to pay for yeah. it. That's the that's the fight you're seeing. Yeah. So the 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 unions are putting a massive pressure on. Which well, I know the Dakota's, with football is Dakota's the big union guy, so I'm sure he's on the player side. Like the lack of of practice, like that's simply to protect the health of the players. Like, mm-hmm. how many more of these guys need? It's like. How many wrestling. players have torn their Achilles in MetLife? But I'm saying right. like this year, though, the, like, the CTE and oh, all that. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. The, the NFL, if it exists in 35 years, I'll be amazed. But like if you're an Who's owner of a team, yeah. you're look. If, if I'm an owner of a team and I'm seeing the quality of the, the product I'm delivering be just drastically reduced and namely because the quality of the players is being reduced because you're losing all of your quality players to injury. Mm-hmm. I think it just makes sense then to say, okay, we need, we need to make this as an investment. So we're protecting the, the longevity of the game, but right. also we're protecting the quality of the product we're putting back out. I mean, this goes back to what we were talking about with the refs and stuff. Like as the refs uh, have been ruining the game with throwing as many flags as they have this year, more and more people are, are complaining about it. It's yeah. like, it's getting to the point now where not only the fans have been complaining, players are complaining, coaches are complaining. It's every single week, but it's impacting the 
actual like product that's coming out. Now, at what point does that impact advertisers? Well, the eyeballs are still there. And yeah. that's that's the, the part that we have to see what will follow. Like, will the eyeballs leave? I'm if doing my part. You're doing <laughs> part? No. I told him he looked like white, white Dak Prescott. And he was like, thanks. He <laughs> no, <clue. laughs> no idea. Then I showed him a picture and he goes, oh, yeah. He does actually, yeah. <laughs> You look mediocre. Hey, 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 let let Harry talk. Most of the sports fans, for lack of a better term, are kind (laughs) of like they're they're kind of stupid because they keep turning and watching. Even the sport, Mm -hmm. because we have the same issue when it comes to just sports video game. People keep buying the crap from EA for FIFA and Madden for decades now and they yep. keep buying even though it's the same crap and nothing's and, changed and that, nothing that, that's changed. the that's that, an easy isn't that the question across it. the board why do we keep doing the things we hate we know we don't like this stuff it's oh, like yeah, i'll tell you why why do we, we eat a mcdonald's options. when we know it's terrible Because we don't have options at least we don't think we do but i mean Correct. going back to ea right the last great football game i truly remember was uh espn nfl 2k5 it was a yeah. sega game mm-hmm. yeah. and Madden was from Madden EA were so afraid of this game that they went and they they purchased the licensing they stole the, the licensing NFL for 10 years and then they just got that renewed again back yeah. in, in like it was like 2016 Correct, somewhere yeah. in there it's up like, in, into the future yes yeah. so this billion dollar industry and it's not really and they mostly make their money off of gambling just like the regular NFL yeah, so there's or, no or, or yeah, there's no yeah. choice now so like it, if you it's, and, and that's game, that's like the issue with Bally Sports where you can't really watch the NBA because of the the contract money or like hmm. IndyCar has the best I, I I hate the cord I am a cord cutter but I hate it. Because it's impossible to watch anything, especially live sports, without spending another hundred dollars on ten dollars a month here and there, hmm. and you know. But IndyCar, it's like five bucks a month. You just sign up, and you, everything's on IndyCar. They give you the best coverage. You get to see every test stuff. No fan other than Jeremiah care about, but they're shopping the TV money because of Zach cares. Have TV. you met Zach Burton? I was yeah. going to say, like <laughs> racing's not that they, way. You can give, buy every racing segment of what you want, what right. you want to watch. Right, yeah. and then they, if they get a bunch of TV money, they can actually make the teams work a little bit better because they get all the money. But then the fan loses out because they're going to have to go over here and watch it on cable here or yeah. streaming on this one. And then you don't know how to watch a race, and so the experience is better. So you go. I'm out. Bye. I don't know how to watch NASCAR, so I don't and, watch it anymore. And that's the it. reason. So this is. I have not watched the Pacers game. It's impossible. In, I haven't watched a Pacers game in probably four seasons. Yeah. I'm a happy Google YouTube TV subscriber, mm-hmm. and they are off the radar for me. And the problem is, is that I don't care. Right. Right. And I'm a. I'm a. I grew up. You in would the watch 90s. them if you really. Yeah. I grew up in the '90s with Travis Best and Reggie Miller and Austin right. Crozier and you know. Rick Smith, Dale Davis, Antonio Davis, all of, you know, the, you can, I could yeah. name the roster today from mm-hmm. 1996. I couldn't tell you three players that are on the team now. And it doesn't upset me because they've lost, they've lost me. I just don't, right. I just don't care. And, and it probably started with the brawl, but they've lost the generation of 35, 40 year old right. people that are now making the money where they could be the season right. ticket holders. There's right. nothing there. There's no emotional connection, and I I couldn't give a damn. You know Whereas what's the Colts did keep that. They did did like so much about entertainment now is activating that nostalgia story. Yeah. Story, yeah. Right. the story. Like this is the Gary Vaynerchuk. Like why he is so focused on you establishing a narrative. Like what's your story? Yeah, and it's because you have to have. Like, so like you you were going back. Like I I know none of those players. I'm not a big basketball fan, but like for you that attaches a a time frame mm-hmm. a, a nostalgic 
memory in in mind and like see they're showing you're not a real hoosier yeah, right now right I know. it's very sad you're okay, ready i'm gonna make this even worse like 90s <laughs> cowboys i think of troy aikman yeah emmett smith larry allen it's really why is a cowboys fan a cowboys fan is because of nostalgia you have nothing else 100 percent wins absolutely i'll say 100 percent leon quarterback leon is Lett. legitimately they great they but won Chris a super Bonial. bowl last time before dakota was born right yeah <laughs> like 1995 yeah that, that's how long ago it was you 96 right Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was before you were born. So, like, yeah. But so, the game was played in his lifetime. But, like, think about that. Is it because there oh, was a go. story that was being told? And, like, now that story is something you can tell your kids. Like, I was telling my wife, there was the Cowboys just played the Bills and they got their asses kicked this past week or a couple weekends ago. You're reminding her uh, of it, how you tough. won those two Super Bowls against them? No, no. I was reminding her it was my first ever football game. And it was, I went to go see the Bills in the Cowboys game. It was Monday Night Football in 2007. I brought my dad. It was his first ever football game, too. And it was a crazy game. Romo threw five interceptions in the first half Cowboys were getting their asses kicked they came back second half they ended up um they scored a touchdown they were down by two points they went for the two-point conversion they didn't get it went for an onside kick got the onside kick then the end of the game they had to kick a 52-yard field goal they made it but the head coach called timeout for the Bills so they iced the kicker then he had to kick it again and he did and it all happened right in front of my dad and I and like there was a story that like that like that was attached to the team because it was Tony Romo Jason Witten um like all these names that were part of the the Cowboys for like entire 10 years now players jump from one team to the next yeah and you don't really have an attachment to them you're like all right I'm gonna see you for maybe two seasons like I was a big Amari Cooper that's a huge problem problem in basketball is that they do they travel around every two years super teams and stuff like that you're a Cleveland Cavaliers fan, right? Was that the best? No, team? if you're a Pacer right? fan, you go, thank goodness we have Tyrese Halliburton locked down for three years, mm-hmm. but then it's Laker time. So why get emotionally invested in Tyrese right. Halliburton right now? Because when, if he continues to play at this elite level, mm-hmm. just imagine he's if not going to stay. James had stayed in Cleveland for, right, yeah. right forever. He would be like an absolute icon and it right. would be undisputed, but because he's gone from team to team and he's like, tried to create super teams on all these individual teams. It's kind of like poisoned right, when, what his role would be. When and there's the nothing heat, to look to. When the heat said, Hey, we can, when the players themselves, instead of general managers took over teams. Right. And LeBron and Dwayne Wade. And was it Chris, 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 uh, Chris Bosh. When those three came to Miami and they said, we're going to win here. Yep. And the players started assembling their teams. That was the beginning of the NBA and the and the Pacers becoming irrelevant. Yeah. Where the Donnie Walshes no longer could do what could, they could, did effectively. Right. Because there's no way Milwaukee, Indiana, Minnesota, those, you know, the Oklahoma City, even it, it's those, now, those it's communities now a little had, better. It's better. I mean had no ability to compete with that. Boston's still the best team in the in the East right now, but the second best is Milwaukee because of Giannis. And so it's it's it parity's starting to kind of come to the NBA a little bit, but then you know, then there's the Pistons who are have lost a historic 27 seconds. when i drove to detroit last are you week, glad you came out for this harry yeah when so i glad he it's good dakota isn't a great he wrote down a roadmap for this episode <laughs> right you two look like you're having fun when i when having i drove to detroit right? last yeah, week all the sports talks great. i saw i saw their sign that said three nba championships so they can cry with those i right. don't care <laughs> i i really i don't want to hear their violence had to sacrifice the pistons to get the lions harry <clears throat> Will you please explain to us what the hell Chris Bengel's been up to? What do you mean? What I don't know. What is what is he's like side gigging on? Yeah, what's he been doing on you? He's been like of all of the people that I thought were going to get a contract at BET. 
Personally, yeah. I did yeah, not I have did, him. I would have thought I have that peg. I did not have him in the pool. No, 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 not, not no. Um, and a lot of the times when um, I tell people about it, they think it's uh, my other friend, Chris, that I have. <laughs> <laughs> Is he black? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Do you tell them his face got tweeted out by BT's Twitter account? Um, no, I didn't tell them that because that's just sad. It's um, not when the, I do they don't show them his episodes and clips and they're just like, oh my God, that is him. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't think it was the Chris that wears sunscreen in winter. Yeah. I have more I Midwestern my- rural white people in the boomer category, especially watching BET. Mm-hmm. Along with Miss Pat, obviously she's the reason that any of them are watching. Yeah. But then, than anyone else in history, I think. Yeah. You know, my my dad's ex girlfriend at Thanksgiving was like, or Christmas, she's like, it's my favorite show. I watch it every single day. I'm like, no one in Putnam County had ever turned on BET until. <laughs> oh, know. oh, my friend she, circle was like, we get this channel, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> my my dad, it was legitimately funny. My dad legitimately called. Called me and he goes. They air that here. <laughs> I have BT. I can watch it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's basic cable. It was owned by Viacom. It's and we're uh, we're talking about the Miss Pat show on BET Plus. Miss Pat settles it. The funny thing on is BT Network. My Very wife close. said the same oh, okay. thing. It's like we get BET. About the different shows. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked too. But yeah, we got BET. Yeah, so Miss Pat settles it is on tonight, Wednesday night at 10 p.m. on BET. Now, how do you how do you handle flying back and forth to Los Angeles for to a, to do a show every week? Every, I don't understand uh, how how you keep this schedule. It's, it's it's the money, Jer. The money just keeps flowing, and I keep flying. That's how it works. Uh, now it's it was really cool. Like I I auditioned uh, sometime around this time last year, which was like over a Zoom. <laughs> and someone called from uh, BT and said they wanted to. That's how they. And so I was like, okay. I figured it probably had to do with something with Pat. But Pat and Dion never said anything, right? So I was like, this is kind of odd. But I'm just talking to a guy on Zoom, and he's nice, so I'll do this. And um, did that. I ended up getting making it through that process. Uh, then I got shot the pilot in LA last February. Um. I did okay, but well enough to kind of get passed on to the to the TV show and got a few episodes. But like, I literally thought I was being punked because nobody. Oh, sure. Send the plane tickets. I'll go. Right. No, because I had a friend who kind of had something like that happen and had money stolen. And so like Miss Pat hadn't said anything about it and nobody had said anything. And you didn't have to text her and be like, and so she's not saying anything that she probably doesn't you know there's usually a reason so i texted her assistant i was like is pat going to la next week she's like yes i was like okay then i'll give him my flight so i you know i flew in and i got i got the audition and made it through did six episodes of the of the 20 and it was really fun it was such a cool different experience to get to go and be a part of a tv show (laughs) it's produced by the people who do jersey shore tila tequila tool academy like TV royalty, one one of the guys worked for Letterman, like they just they they booked the, the all these are real cases, they're real people. I thought they're, your nudity was very tasteful. I thought well. so too. Like right? I tasteful side boot. What was yeah. hilarious is Ray J Ray J's on the cast with me and I was the one that was nude. So it was a fun twist. Um <laughs> 
Very artistic. Not nearly as impressive. Some of them had never seen a white one before, so they wanted the, the diversity. The higher. first day of shooting, I was legitimately Just for contrast. in the room shooting the, th- He's the, the show. control group. I was literally the only white man in the room. It was, I think there was one white woman in the audience. That's it how was, I felt when I lived in Philadelphia. Yeah, right. How does that feel? I always tell Miss Pat, I'm like, you know, every co host I've ever had has been black between Abdul and Harry. And she's like, you lying. They're not real black. Well, it's just different black. That's southern redneck black. I'm northern English, you know, North, yeah, New northern England waifu black. black. Yeah. You're a landowner black. <laughs> yeah, land, yeah, landowner black. <laughs> no, look, Harry, flip the script. Dakota, <laughs> nobody loves waifus more than this man. Okay. Several more people than Michael Moore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also humble. But no, yeah, like I said, landowner, uh, New England. When, when I told you that I was going to be on BT, what were your thoughts? Well, first, like, um, I kept wondering what type of show they would have you on <laughs> because I like, couldn't be on a food show, you know, because when podcaster needs a wife, a show. <laughs> too bland. <laughs> it was BET wife swap. Wife swap. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I I would I would pay to watch. That. Well, the premise of the show is it's like Judge Judy. And it's all legitimate, real cases. It's mm-hmm. real money, and Miss Pat settles it. She, you know, is a convicted felon. By the but way, also how, judge. how does that work? Like, they they go around, and I don't know how much I can say, but they go around the South looking for cases. These are not Los Angeles people, and the they're no, they're real people. They're real these, cases because I I kind of wondered, and then I they all started like following me, and I followed them back on Instagram, and they're just regular people living their regular lives. And they had a small claim suit against somebody, and there's a backstory. So they call them, they ask them. And how does how does Miss Pat get the authority? So they dismiss, and then they enter into arbitration. So so, so Miss Pat is the arbitrator. She is yes. literally arbitrating arbitrator. these cases legally. Holy, cow. it's real money. So and there's a there's a really yeah. funny bit of her talking on Bob and Tom, saying how she didn't realize that they were real cases. So she was like. Add another three grand. I was there on for it. that one, and they literally pulled her out because she's like, you know what? I'm going to give you another five hundred dollars for this. And there was like, normally she'd go out, confer, come back in with the decision, and that one she was gone for like thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and afterwards, she told us that it's like, this is real money. <laughs> it was, and you know, it's it's a. What's different about it is it's real cases, but then there's a celebrity jury and me, mm-hmm. and we help her judge the case. Am I a celebrity? Yeah, you got an IMDb page, right? No, I don't even oh. have a Wikipedia. I have an IMDb page. What are you doing? Maybe maybe now somebody could make me a Wikipedia page. I might qualify that I'm on basic cable, but yeah. we are libertarians apparently didn't do it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the, imagine that. It's it's just a really fun show. It's like one of those shows, like Impractical Jokers, that you could watch over and over and over, and never get bored with it. See something new every time. So I'm fingers crossed, hoping that it, it tr- turns into a season two. And wait till you get your own on. BET spinoff. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> Maybe the food show. Maybe pitch pitch. They won't even tag him on social media. (laughs) Everybody else does. They don't. They just the the white libertarian from Indiana. I don't think they're 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 tagging me. But the ramen noodle hair was great. Yeah, that was yeah, that was that was good. That was so. I put the ramen noodle. This is like these 
bag bad wigs case mm-hmm. and they smelled horrible they were like so musty but you got to do <laughs> did they bring the wigs in for it. evidence it you got to do the go the extra mile and i don't know anything about wigs and so i put it on my head to be funny which turned into like a great fo- photo worthy moment but then pat goes i hope none of you put that on your head because lice still could live in those mm-hmm. and i so i spent the next two cases <laughs> freaking out because you all know me like you know what a germaphobe i am i'm like going i'm gonna get lice from these dirty wigs oh uh, 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 i turned into monk you could feel them crawling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every every ounce of your strength not to itch yourself. Yeah. They were just they were just using you as a breeding ground, and there's nothing you could do about no. it. <laughs> no, and it's it, it's two more cases he has to sit through. Yeah, it's fun. Like the, this this kind of podcasting, I think, like lent itself well to it because these are real like emotions and feelings and like. So yeah, so talks, as a yeah. juror, you what influence do you have? You just you're just there to be her bro. Yeah, I mean. Because you don't decide, like the judge decides it. You're yeah. you're like the appendix of the system here. We're we're there to like. I think it, it, these cases are also fifty fifty, which is partly why they get picked. I'm sure, mm-hmm. but because you kind of empathize with both sides, so everybody kind of has a different perspective. But a lot of times, like I've noticed that everybody will. It's a lot of like people will side with the lady, and I'm like, this guy has a point. <laughs> like you know so sometimes you can you can make a point and i think it makes her think about it a little so bit. it's so like that's uh, just some the of the topics I, you. Yeah. some of the topics i think i remember Man's is pointing. there was a there was a couch involved yeah there was a couch there, where there was a dog a, a a dog that yeah the couch for instance you know a case uh where two best friends one had a key the key entry she was on the lives on the other side of town but she was on that side of the side of town on a date and she used her friend's apartment to make love and ruined the couch. And so she was suing for the couch. She ruined the couch? She ruined the she couch. ruined the couch. And there was video, which got real awkward with Ray J. But he made the best of it. Um, you know, and then there was one girl from Alabama who was just like insane and off the charts and like flew to get her uncle fired. He was in a male beauty pageant and she sponsored him. And then he was gonna, she was going to get who paid back. He people? won. It, it's it's a whole different world of people that I like. What like, states are these folks coming from? I heard Alabama, Alabama, Alabama a lot, Georgia, Mississippi. Like, yeah, I'm just gonna say the South, <laughs> Memphis, the South. Uh, yeah, my dad ran a janitorial <laughs> service when I, when I was a kid, so I have been exposed to a lot of this behavior before. Janitorial employees tend to to live very interesting lives. Mm-hmm. One one guy that worked for my dad, like you're, you're saying, that you are also killer. from the other side of the tracks. Uh, no, I was management. I was, <laughs> I was on, that, on that team, but yeah. good man, good man. <laughs> so, what did you think of the show, Harry, specifically? I was very impressed with it. Um, it had a lot less swearing in it versus the mm-hmm. Miss Pat show. I yeah. will say that. Um, but it was. Oh, for the 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 couch one, right? I kept watching that, and I just go like, "Man, see this? See, see this is why I don't give Chris a key to the studio." <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's anything in that house that would make me erect. Sure about that? I don't okay. think I could hold one in that place. It's just, it's <laughs> quick. Hit the hit the beat. Uh, that reminds me of the time. Have you seen the, the uh, posters that I put up in the other room? <laughs> You're right. There is a picture of me. The key I to thought- the studio reminds me of the time that Harry. Made an imprint of Chris's apartment key. 
And then made a key at home. Did you, re- did you really make an apartment key? Home? Oh, that's I forgot right. about that. Tell me the story. I forgot about that. Okay. All right. So we used to uh, tape in this other smaller studio um, on the south side of town. And um, the six something. Yeah. Massive, uh, massive, expensive uh, rent there for some reason. But, uh, well, the person that had the key that was supposed to let me in was constantly late. And that person was, you know, should have been let go of the network, but he still works here. But so I would get fed up. So I was just saying that, hey, you know what? Because he also kept leaving his keys on the counter. So I figured I would just take a photo and just make a key. So I did. Yeah. <laughs> Worked. Did it work? It worked. Yeah, it worked. How did it how did do you, work? You made a key. How do you how do you do that? How do you do it from a sketch? What do you, what do you mean? It's it's just well the the, the little pins on up. I'm right. not bringing out keys out, but like right. you, your keys or uh, turns out two pins that are inside to, you the didn't lock. Bring a picture down to the Ace Hardware and say, "Make me one of these." There was I think another three like D printed it or used foam. I did or something. not three D yeah. printed. Um, see, um, I what I did was because uh, it was a. If I remember correctly, yours was a quick set. So I just got a quick set blank, put it in the vice, and just started carving. So What's you it? did it by eye. <laughs> yeah. How many weeks? This is like. Did I ever know? This is like Shawshank Redemption shit here oh, of how many weeks. How much time? How many weeks did it take you to get it to actually work? Harry eyeballed a custom cut a key off of a photo. There was no. Didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> did I have a kid? Um. <laughs> The other thing I did have a lot of, um, I'm dangerous if I get, if I have free time. Um, I didn't have no to, kidding. I didn't have to use it because you, afterwards, I think the threat of it, you just started showing up on time. I think, because <laughs> one time before I finished the key, I think you showed up with me with the lock pick set on it. <laughs> you did bring a lock pick. Yeah. <laughs> we no, had, a, we had so much fun. That was, it's you have no, ex- I got if you've left your keys, had, it was a great show. If you've left your keys out in, uh, in plain sight, you have no expectation of privacy with Harry now. No, the first yeah. time my wife now met Harry, she was terrified. She he he started talking about cybersecurity and threats and global destruction and it she's he just she was like he's he's terrifying. Yeah, it's Harry's just, like the world is an awful dangerous place and I'm so glad I brought a kid into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, Yeah, the world there was a fair amount of drinking, I don't know. Yeah, the world is a dangerous place. Yeah, my my job actually talks about like you know like don't get Harry drunk. I'll start talking about like I started to sketch out like the principles on how to make like a, a nuclear warhead and why. <laughs> I, and like you can why tell. it's very dangerous and like what's done with it. You know? what his, I've learned, I think your quote was his outlook is darker than his skin. What, I, <laughs> what I've learned about Harry, what, what, I, what I've learned about she Harry is that you can you can tell what kind of a mood he's in by what color he's painted his fingernails. <laughs> That's the and right now they're very dark. <laughs> very dark. They're very dark. <laughs> so I'm not going to ask so a lot you're of questions. Saying, like you remember the, you know, 10 seconds to midnight not nuclear watch mm-hmm. the the threat level we're on orange, threat level five or an orange right five. now well considering with all the we like are, different like I, ransomware attacks that are going out there yeah. the world, <laughs> we are guys aren't we are on a code black everybody how, how bad is it when my wife who painted my nails <laughs> no, it, well it's just really bad out there most companies for some reason don't want to either want to spend a whole bunch on their it budget i think this year was also big for the um, companies laying off it or security teams and then getting hacked six months later i think yep. it was just a meme going on on linkedin every mm-hmm. time like yep. this company got ransomware like boom and i'm just like you know what my budget got increased for next year i don't know about anyone else's <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
because their IT department has a doomsday man on staff. Yeah. Well, like, uh, well, a couple of things like my company is like uh, when we also did like a, we did a uh, backup test and it worked, but it was like very heavy lifting. And I kind of went to my director like, hey, we could spend this money on this software and we don't have to worry about this at all. The thing just takes care of it for us. Mm. We just pay money and click buttons. Does AI, and I know Brian works at cybersecurity, does AI and basically the reality of it taking over in three years, does that make the problem better because you have so many more tools or does it make it way worse because now it's going to just massively amplify the amount of problems there are. What, double-edged sword? Yeah, right? yeah, double-edged sword. On like, that as one. much as you have people using it for helping improve your defenses, mm-hmm. there's equally number of people now using it to try to, to go after you. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, AI, I, and, and Harry, I'm going to hear your thoughts too, but in my kind of experience, AI, what makes it really unique and special is its ability to take massive amounts of data and identify patterns Right. And 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 with that, you know, it's easier. We used for- to have the Libertarian Party for that, but that that's over. So now we <laughs> had to figure out AI. <laughs> yeah. So so, so like with, with AI, like it's not so much that it's going to like just figure things out, but rather as you present it more and more data, it can then start to show you what it's seeing as consistent patterns, which then yield to identifying like passwords for example Correct. yes right um th- i was gonna say like yeah it was my favorite thing that i did at my company to increase to get more people to using the random password generator yeah. on the password manager because i told them like i can feed uh chat gpt right just chat gpt the free one 50 passwords that one user created and it's like based on these 50 create me 10 user password bits a person would do and a lot of people was like holy smokes it's like yeah all i have to do is get one of these lists of one because you have you go to i have been pwned.com type your email address in you can probably find it um where you've been hacked or where you've been in you a already data said you know how all my passwords my pattern yeah yeah you just have a pattern you create an algorithm right. well just like there's an algorithm for the um uh your uh, crap <laughs> I want to say this. Uh, there's an for your uh, card. You can actually uh, for you can test this if you get a new card soon. Put your numbers into ChatGPT and tell them to based off these numbers. What is the uh, well? Don't do that. Sorry, don't do that. Uh, basically, just tell, to ask ChatGPT Google to Michael base, Hastings based on these number pattern. Where's what my next credit card number is going to be? And mm. nine out of ten times, it'll guess your new credit card number based off your old numbers. Mm. That's but. That to me seems so random because well, it's not uh, a, a that, lot of your card numbers because it can it. see no. right because it, right. it we're looking it's like we're looking down a narrow telescope whereas it's like taking that telescope and then expanding it all the way out mm-hmm. so it's, it's yeah. getting that same focus but now it's able to apply that focus yeah. way way beyond the scope Correct. that we can so because uh, yeah. there's capital ones there. capital yeah. ones pattern is this and so right. this person it, it knows your bank right? right so it knows the first number in your card choose says if it's number two it's an American right. Express card if it's a six it's a Discover card right, right? right. so everybody that uses X you know first financial bank or mm-hmm. star financial bank or key bank or whatever right. yep. all of those have the first four or six characters mm-hmm. so if you have sixteen you've eliminated eight of the digits based upon the banking right. system. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sure that the chat GPT knows what other numbers are issued. Correct. So it can also kick those out. So now you're whittling down your possibilities yeah. based on also the numbers that have been used and yeah. things that have been pushed in hashes and stuff like that. So just and then, you know, that there has to be a check digit. So there's certain numbers that are just automatically eliminated. Yep. So you can back your way into a pretty damn close. Yep. The other thing, which is it be- even worth protect? Like you've been so protected, so protective of putting Gunther's image out there, for instance, mm-hmm. 
and you're very protective of her identity. Is there a point to that even at this point? Like yeah. th- 10 years ago, there was a point to it. Yeah. But at this point, does it is it just going to be so bad in 10 years? There's I think, no hiding. I think the main reason is because of how bad it's going to be in 10 years. Everything's going to be. I think that's even more reason for it. You just the, the people will be such bigger targets and you'll be yeah. less of a target, but you're still a target. But in 10 years, she'll have an Instagram. It was just more of a, I don't want to, like, anything's out there is because it's been leaked out there. Someone else else has taken it. But it's more also in the fact that kids can't consent for their photo being out there, too. Mm -hmm. She wants to have her photo. You don't want to be responsible for having published it. Correct. Yeah. You want it to be be her choice when it's her time. Correct. Yeah. 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 The other thing with ChatGPT is also to increase the amount of script kiddies. People who don't really understand hacking, they just grab scripts to do different things. Well, it's just more of a... Never mind. This script here hacks Lynx's routers to get me free Wi-Fi. Those are people. Mm, and they just pop okay. those things there. So those, but those tests that you can also get for yourself to help defend against yourself. If you have been enjoying what you have heard over the last five minutes, <laughs> we have an entire show, Loki Wall. You know, it's not all can, the show, by the way. Yeah. It's, and, it's, and it's low key it's on the wall diverse. network. Yeah. No, no, wait, change the name. Yeah. Yes. But uh, what I'm saying is that you can get more of this. Yes. If you like Boss Hog, you put a, but you put you a culture, you put tech. a, you put a quarter in and you want to hear about your network getting penetrated. <laughs> <laughs> or just like, you know, we, cause we go around just about everything around like culture and your computer or just things that are out there on the internet. Um, because these things are just like, quite frankly fascinates the cast of us um and it's i also like enjoy just uh, because i think we got done doing the media that shaped us episodes um mm-hmm. this last year which i recommend like if you guys could ever like do this do like a top 10 media that has shaped your political opinion or just who you are let's see i'm gonna guess spangles would be the rush limbaugh show no ironically everything is includes ray j uh, <laughs> I'm going to say it's it was probably the Tommy Lee tape. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think private parts is probably there. For oh, Spangle. private parts. Huge. Bob and Tom show. Private show parts. girls. Yeah. Um, you were probably what? I'm going to say, I'm going to say Spangle show girls. No, I'm going to say came out in the eighties. I'm going to say 15 striptease. Uh, G Gordon Liddy, uh, probably for Spangle. (laughs) (laughs) Glenn Beck. Uh, Glenn Beck. Yes. My biggest media influence is Howard Stern, Glenn Beck, Beck, Bob and Tom. Doesn't have, I'm not like not media enforced, more like media that shaped you. Cause like, yeah, because like private parts like that or like how like the media, uh, like Uh, how you watch uh, Top Gun all the time. uh, Okay. No, I would say, uh, married with children. So to go to get to the heart of what I think you're saying, like, Rewatching Married with Children right now, having watched that at 10, 11, maybe like 8, 8 to 14 or whatever, <laughs> it shaped for a long time my view of women, how women were to be talked to, talked about. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I was in my 30s that I really like changed that. And uh, that was a show that shaped me in a lot of ways in terms of humor, in terms of like just my view of women and what was funny and it was on okay. Fox. So it's too scandalous yeah. for us yeah. to watch in our home. It, yeah. No, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And you're, you know, I, I, I wasn't a dirt bag, but I certainly wasn't as respectful of women as I am now because women in my life said, Hey, you shouldn't, this isn't funny for these reasons. And you shouldn't behave this way for the, you know, so, yeah. so that's like a, a piece of media that shaped me for sure. And I rewatch it now and I'm like, Oh, 
that's where that thread came from. <clears throat> yeah. So like, uh, I don't think I've my, ever seen that show. I did uh, Ghost of the Show. Hilarious. Really? It's so funny. Yeah. Al Bundy. Yeah. So, I, I know. Yeah. Like, I know. Yeah. No. yeah. So uh, and honestly, every you know generationally, that was that was 1993, right? Yeah. Right. You fast forward 10, 15 years and you end up at Michael Scott in the office. Right. Right. And, right. And, and, right. Which, is, my, which is, which is Brian's yeah. wheelhouse. Any, anything 89 to 96 shaped me enormously, right? Movies, TV. And in 2007, 2008, 2009 with the office, the, some of the things that were problematic mm-hmm. in, in, in your, your show's history. The Office also has problems that episode you couldn't do two, now. Episode two cancels the Office. Diversity, the diversity day. day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like, and I can't even probably make some of the jokes. But the the thing no, about that cheers Facebook nuked. But the so. thing is, the thing about that episode and All in the Family, which that gets compared to, and Married with Children, like Married with Children had. It, it all falls under. It's kind of like Miss Pat's Miss Pat show, like where they're trying to have social commentary through media, like. Married with Children was a show that said, all right, sitcoms are at their height. Everybody wants to do sitcoms a certain way. They're very formulaic. Let's take the formula and do the opposite. The dad isn't a hero. The dad's a loser. The wife isn't also a winner. She's a, a leech. Like the husband doesn't want to have sex. The like, and then, you know, the neighbor is an empowered feminist and he's like a knuckle dragger. Like, you know, so it was, it was all a way to kind of do social commentary, just like Diversity Day, where they're like, look at this oaf making all of these, because you can kind of see it in yourself and go, all right, I shouldn't be that way, but also it's kind of funny. I think the biggest sitcoms whenever I was growing up were uh, Malcolm in the Middle, yeah, Reba. <laughs> uh, Reba? It was the end yeah, of the sitcom era, one. Mike and Molly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the last so, game. It was yeah, like it was, was the three in. camera, the three yeah. camera shot Reba shows. Dakota got the very hell. end of it. Yeah, Hold on, Reba was huge in my house. Reba, Reba was huge in rural India. You know, the other show that actually became is in the same. The Reba audience went to was Tim Allen's final show. Yeah, Last Man Standing. Last Man Standing got that audience. Yep. Which Harry's probably not seen a damn episode of. I've seen Last Man Standing. I've I've watched that show. Home Improvement. Improvement. Ah, Yeah, I love that. But big time for me, like in the, probably in the top of that list of media that shaped me was probably like, like the Red Green show was, I loved it. Was obsessed with that for most of my I don't know about you guys, but I think about this as a a parent a lot. Good for you. That period you of like, it, Harry? like eight, maybe seven, eight to 14, 15 is what set the template for my tastes and interests. It wasn't four or five like right now. That's too, this, everything's just like through the brain, but like eight to 13 years old. But my parents just let me have a TV in my room and I sat there and I watched from 89 to 96 every sitcom and movie I could. And so, right. man, I know every, I haven't seen Grumpy Old Men in 30 years. I, wa- I watched it in November. Pull your lip over your head and I smile. I knew every freaking word to that Swallow. thing because it had imprinted I think, me so I think much. for me, it was more from like 14 to 18 mm. is kind of what set me. Because like I'm thinking back to, I'm, I'm like trying to like, what, what were the things that really were my foundation? And like beyond politics, like yes, politics, I've always been passionate of. And that right. was definitely like, from eight to thirteen, mm-hmm. like it was the the uh, Bush two thousand election, then two thousand four, and I was like really passionate about it. But like in terms of my my interests, it was from a cultural standpoint. I think of like uh, 
40 year old virgins, super bad, yeah. uh, wedding mm-hmm. crashers, super right. troopers. And like those movies were all in my the frat back half. Yeah. My back, back half of my, my, uh, younger yeah. half. Yeah. So like, I don't know. Like when for- I think about family traditions, it inevitably is like when I'm 10. Right. Mm-hmm. And same with my wife. So mm-hmm. like I'm, yeah. I'm very cognizant and going into the next few years, mm-hmm. like, what we watch in our household is going to set her character yeah. Yeah. in such an impactful way mm-hmm. compared to like be a my lot parents, of Andy Griffith. My parent, uh, my parents are just like, here's a TV, and yeah, we have a VHS of Porky's in the basement, and aren't going to pay attention if you watch it. Yeah, you commented in the book I got for uh, for Christmas, The Daily Dad, and one of the first, actually, it's the funny, the first day it was uh, John w- uh, Willen quote, and it was about. Um, how like the the child watches the parent and like mm-hmm. you want to see the child behavior the more than words yeah and and just like mm-hmm. that that speaks to exactly that because like yeah. so many people just don't pay attention to to what they're doing yeah right so we we might watch something that we think is like appropriate but to your point like it's not it's it's here's a, a here's the view yeah. that most of your kids yeah it's the back it's, of your yes. phone yeah. and that's yeah. why kids are if struggling. you want your kids to read more you should also read more yeah. yes. if you want your kids to learn the violin then you should be playing an instrument time too for it correct like, make yeah. it a priority yeah don't just expect them to be like to take interest be like hey let's make this and, yeah. and do it with them yeah yeah see i got most of that also from like uh, the pistol pete story i don't know if you guys understand the basketball player pistol pete like his dad of, of louisiana state university yeah, yeah the, you say yeah. you Maryland. say all these things brian now pistol, and like, yeah, pistol we, yeah. we we raised jackson that way and very aware of making sure that we spend all of the time with no, him no. as well, much as humanly possible <laughs> we're on your side and here. now that he's almost four it's like Please just watch TV for a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. I have got to get some things yeah, done. Right, yeah. Here's a tablet. Um, <laughs> Dakota, I think you owe Harry an apology. You interrupted him and talked over him. Sorry, Harry. And thank you. We value you, Harry. We value you, Harry. Thank you. Please. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, anyway, so Pistol Pete, his dad, to get him real into the basketball, would play it all the time and wouldn't let you know Pete play. Wouldn't mm. at all. He was stuck in sight. Doing homework, and his dad was outside playing basketball because he all was the also time. a great basketball player. Correct, he was playing basketball, doing basketball, practicing basketball, and eventually finally let him play. I'm pulling up a picture for Dakota so he knows who Pistol yeah. Pete is. <laughs> yeah, I, I think them? that's like a huge lesson in sports. You see, but, like these great athletes, they also had parents who also were athletes and taught that, like. It's that 10, they got that 10,000 hours of experience yeah. by the time they were 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. My, my worry with like the Pistol Pete story is if I'm doing something that takes away the time that I could be spending with him. Mm-hmm. And even though it's like it is constructive, maybe I'm, maybe I'm going to be doing woodworking or mm-hmm. doing something. It's taking time away from him. Would he? grow to then hate that thing because there's a negative connotation of my dad spends his time doing this instead of spending it with me. I think kids love what... I'm sorry, Harry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Please, you're fine. I, I think you should just combine it um, because there's a lot of times I do maintenance on the cars and my daughter just wants to come out in the garage. She just wants to be around She just you. wants to be right. around me. My there's some of those my things daughter that works, said the other day, like, she goes... Yeah. You know, I can't wait till we can read together. Yeah. Cuz and I don't read in front of her. I don't take time away from her. She just knows I love and appreciate books mm-hmm. and she wants to appreciate the same thing with me. She was like, "You know, dad, I think I really like the Pacers. 
I've been watching the Pacers for less than two months, but because I've been doing it repeatedly, she's like, I'm going to give this a shot. Cause I think you like, you know, it's, it's just, and it's, he's, he's younger. So it's, he demands more attention, but like once they hit that five, where kind of we're at with our kids, it's, they have their own interests and they want time to explore that on their own. And they're much more self-sufficient, but they also want to like do things with you because they right. know I love you. You love this. I might like it too. I want to explore this with you. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty cool. It's like five is a pretty great age because they're 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 not awful and terrible like they'll be at ten. Pistol Pete played for the New Orleans Jazz. Yeah. Nobody ever gives the Jazz shit for moving to Utah. But damn it, they pick on the Colts. Or the Lakers. That was Minnesota. Yeah, the Minneapolis Lakers yeah. are, uh, are the LA Lakers. Zach, uh, I, I assume that your formative TV show was much like mine, uh, was ESPN Speed World. <laughs> no, I watched, my, I was just talking, I watched so much Sports Center, like in high school, like during the summer. Scott, you know, it just repeated. I think, yeah, Eisen. I was talking to you about it. Yeah, because like, yeah, Rich Eisen, Scott Van Pelt, Stuart Scott, um, all these guys. It would be the same episode. They just cool repeat side it every pillow. hour, but I'd still just watch it. All right, and it was, and even when those oh, guys come up, but another big one. Whenever I was in like uh, middle school, was Chappelle's show that you was know, huge stop talking in about my shit school. that happened after I graduated college. <laughs> that hurts. <laughs> having so, having so, five hosts on one show at a time. Is hilarious. Por- mm-hmm. have you, because you they know what all talk over each other. Do you know what Porky's is? No, had no idea. What right, you Porky's it. was this '80s movie with maximum skin. Ken Cantrell from Sex and the City, who, who's like the tall blonde that didn't do the recent stuff. Like she was in it. It was lots of sex and nudity. It was like the ultimate. It was like the end result of Animal House. They had taken Your that thread so far that of it. Christy Avery says her parents took her to see Porky's in the drive-in. Oh no! <laughs> they had it at a drive-in. I watched, Family I watched movie. Super bad with my dad and <laughs> my best friend, super and it got to the part again. where he's like draws pictures of Just you know dick what. drawings. Yeah. Okay. I, I want to make sure I was overloud. It's your show. It's after eight, eight o'clock. This. I didn't want to okay. assume. We're take, prime time take now. the drawings. Uh, if I want to try to. Real big veiny ones, I believe, is Triumph the quote. Porky's, had, Porky's yes. had live action, real big veiny ones. Women, fully frontal, nude. Yeah. Allowed active yeah. sex. Like, I don't know, Christy, how badly that have, must have scarred you, but it would have <laughs> scarred you. Uh, the baby, that's why she is the way she And then ja- Jackie Davis says the Morton Downey show. I think, Jer, Harry, you too. Trash. Jerry Springer type talk shows yeah. in the yeah, 90s be, and then yeah. the like Osbournes and the Hogan's mm-hmm. in the 2000s and you know Julia all those realities. It has all yeah. transported like TikTok. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah, all yes. that. It's all yeah. there now. I it's, saw it when I went to Bob and Tom because I I grown up on reality TV and talk TV and Howard Stern being uber reality. Mm-hmm. And so my style of broadcasting is you just can't help but be authentic, open, honest, let it all out there. And then when I got to Bob and Tom, who were a generation older, where it was, no, no, we're going to sit down and write the bits. We're going to craft the personas. There's going to be a wall between us yep. and the audience. And so I would come in and say, let's do behind the scenes stuff. Let's, and it, it just, it just, it, it wouldn't go for it. All right. It's, it is, it's a different, different mindset between you, you talking about it going to TikTok. It is interesting because we don't watch, we don't watch TV. At home, Mm-mm. we never watch TV, and Mike and Jackson doesn't ever watch TV either. Good, his tablet is his TV, right? Like yeah. he just gets. It's like 
oh, you know, if we're eating breakfast, we're going to sit down and eat breakfast. And usually, you know, Saturday morning is when you turn on the TV. Yeah. He just watches Handyman Howe on YouTube Kids on his tablet instead. We've made a big point in our household to, to, like, she hasn't asked for the TV all week. Really, the whole month, because we've been watching Christmas movies together, mm-hmm. because we've noticed that the random constant flicking to the next thing, yeah. which he's about to start doing, yeah. sets that that like sp- craziness, right? But whereas when we're all sitting down as a family, we she and I watch Monk right. all day. Yeah. And so she's following the the logistic, like the logical conclusions that Monk is making in the yes. story. Yeah. And it's much better for her, I think, yeah. that way. And then also some of the kids' content they even do on YouTube Kids is some of these awful compilations of yeah. different shows to get past copyright. Oh, they yeah. always just keep jumping. Like some of the awful Bluey episodes are on there, too. Yep. I, just ban, kind of I ban every video game thing on her tablet. I ban uh, just, just educational. Yeah. I train I, her You constantly have to be watching, too, like yes. Yes. and listening. And it's not like he's on his tablet very often. Right. So it's not like... If I'm sitting there reading and eating breakfast and he's got his tablet right next to me, it's not yeah. like yeah. Well, I can't hear I, it. I, I make uh, uh, Gunther watch the old PBS shows that I've got uh, recorded. So like Odd Squad, you know, Big Comfy Couch, you know, th- yeah. that those. Do you guys, when you're watching program television, like uh, watching a series like Monk or whatever, do you have to finish the series? Yes. Do you go all the way through? Like you can't. Like, will you drop out or will you follow it all the way through? Like, if you got to the second season, are you going to see it to the end or do you lose interest? Yeah, like Blue Bloods, for instance. I've watched Blue Bloods probably all the way through four times. No, it's got to be good. Uh, I like I like watching a series. Reagan and I will pick a series and we'll watch it through. But like, it depends on if it's good. Like Game of Thrones, and we're into it, we'll finish it. But like, we just watched some Polish show called. 1471 or something mm-hmm. it's actually very clever but it's like a sitcom set in the medieval polish empire it's very funny and clever but like we just never went back to it we just kind of got lost with other stuff and, i feel like mm-hmm. game you of should thrones watch, watch spartacus the sex scenes are so much better <laughs> i, I you feel should like watch black adder it's yeah, yeah black yeah so yeah, black adder is right there. I, i'm not i'm no longer as ocd about like i started it i gotta finish it I, see i think i think and I'm a huge fan of the show, but I think this show and what they did and the way the last two seasons worked broke me of having to finish them because I still don't know if I've actually finished Arrested Development or not mm. because of the last the last two sh- series or the last two seasons that were on Netflix that got cut and edited five different ways in this experimental whatever. Mm-hmm. I think watching those episodes cured me of having to watch other stuff i, I never finished mad I, men there's yeah, just too much content there's yeah. too much because yeah. like I, I and and like i mean elephant in the room right like my show used to have five episodes a week and um i saw my numbers just stagnate and i was yeah. like what like i'm doing five shows a week i literally am doing 5x the content that i had doing when i first started my show and my numbers are now pretty much at where they had been and they're not going anywhere and um, I think it was, you know, content overload. And and I look at myself like I used to be dedicated to wanting to start a show and go from start to finish. But it it's like, well, now I have 14 other shows I, I'm supposed to watch. And, and it, sometimes I'm just like, OK, you know, maybe I'll catch one episode here and there. Like my wife will watch the, the rest of The Crown. I watched like the first couple seasons, but I'm at the point now where I just don't have the time to that, devote towards all of it. There's a tool that just got put out that measured how much bigger your podcast is than most Netflix shows. The Bob and Tom podcast is bigger than 93% 
of Netflix shows in terms of consumption. Wow. Because the insane. dark the dark truth about all of these streaming shows is there's a race for content. Netflix realized a few years ago that all HBO and Paramount had to do was start their own Netflix. And they were going to, which meant they were going to have no content, so they started building content. Right. And so then everybody else went, we should do that too. And they didn't give a damn if anybody was watching it or and not, they but didn't, you had to have a library. You had to have a library and, and, and nobody's this, watching. And the television library all of a sudden started going back to the studios and it was, yep. oh, we're losing, we're losing friends. So we're losing so the West much Wing. stuff that people go, you know what? I'm overloaded with choice. I'm just going to go to YouTube, which is going to tell me exactly what I want to watch, which I know Theo Vaughn, I'll just watch this. Or, I know I love The Office. I'll watch that a million times, or I'll watch the show that I loved from the '90s, like but Married to Children. And you can upload The Office. Like, a, was it Voodoo? Is that the the mm-hmm. app where you can upload video? Or uh, is it Voodoo? It's Voodoo is the renting. Voodoo. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's not Voodoo. There's, there's an app that we we have on our our TV, and you can upload um like your videos. Yeah, you Voodoo. Yeah, is for two bucks, for two bucks, you can convert your digital your your yeah. your handheld DVDs. DVD, yeah, 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 your DVD, and you can you can make oh, it a, a, yeah. a yeah, available that's what, video. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah, and some of them are free. I know that some, there's some that are free. I only went through and I did the ones yeah. that were free. Disc, but as content as content creators, the pandemic changed everything because yeah. the rule was the ironclad rule was more content, more consumption, more yeah. eyeballs. I'm even thinking of taking the Chris Spangle show down to twice a month, and I'm I've been rock solid once a week, every single week this entire year. For the first time in the, but like, I, you know, the, the consumption is there. People just want your best. Mm-hmm. They don't want all of it. Yeah. Like, so Mr. Beast does like one video every three weeks. It, three, you know, it's done every half, day. But, yeah. yeah. Cause there's just not enough appetite. And every study shows this. Like, people just want, like, I, I'm, it's, it's quality it's over quantity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so much content out there. And you could, cause at this point, like, um, we talked about this on low key that even if you hate some of the new content, you could just stop right now. Um, I think, um, YouTuber Dave Cullen was just going back in, lo- in the line of just watching old school, like, uh, sci-fi nostalgia shows mm-hmm. and, you know, just getting into it because it's like the modern, like the newer sci-fi stuff is like pretty much junk. Uh, so, yeah. Audrey and I, we, we watch like, we don't watch TV except for at the very end, right before we go to bed, mm-hmm. and we'll watch like twenty minutes of a of a video game streamer streaming Grand Theft Auto Six Five or something, mm-hmm. you know. And and it's like we watch for fifteen minutes, and it's like time for bed. Or what, then, like every two weeks, it'll be like, oh, let's uh, you know, it's Friday night, let's watch the next episode of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, I recommend One Piece. What the anime? I heard One that Piece. it's really good. It's really good, especially like when you get into it and you actually find out like the the main plot of the show is the the pirates are just the pirates of the show are just trying to live free, and the government is trying to stop them, and the government's the bad guys because they're ruled by an overarching elites. Uh, uh, show update. Uh, Harry's fingernails are dark blue, so we're safe. Um, they're it's right. okay. Ooh, I think they might change as his mood better. changes. They 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 adjust. I'm just they like mood rings for the next year. So <laughs> tell me, uh, Brian Nichols, Hi, uh, about bro. what's going on in the Brian Nichols show world. We've got our wall. We've got our Chris Spangle update. We've got our Loki wall update. What's going on with the Brian Nichols show? What do you get? What have you been doing over there on the other side of the wall? Uh, lots of interviews. Um, so my show is twice a week. And traditionally, the way I approach my show is I like to have conversations with folks 
who we've identified there's an, a problem and how do we address said problem without having to go through the channel of government solutions. So if we can go through private sector alternatives, let's do that. Um, so for example, uh, I had one gentleman on my show and he started a pediatric cancer research uh, fundraising organization and they were doing everything through Bitcoin um, for their, or for, I'm sorry, cryptocurrency. And they actually developed a uh, cryptocurrency specifically for their, um, their, their organization. And then with that, they also built um, a, an open blockchain network where they're able to share research for pediatric cancer research. So what was happening is all these different colleges were doing research on pediatric cancer and they were having advancements, but nobody was sharing their research with any, everybody else. So they're like, well, let's put this on the blockchain, have real, like real time data, real time information being shared. Um, so bringing a real solution to a very real problem, uh, and, and helping advance the, the advancement of research for, for kids, pediatric cancer research. So, um, those kind of conversations, being able to actually address the problems we see out there. And it's one thing to, to identify problems. I think it's another thing to identify the problem and bring a solution to the table. And people, I think the past 10 years or so, we've done a really good job of figuring out what the problems are. But now people are looking to embrace solutions. So I want to bring solutions to the table. So my show has really been focused on bringing solutions to the table. Um, really has changed as a show. I, I've, uh, you know, from 2018, it was a much more of a you know, politically aimed show. And now we're much more solutions oriented. So it's been fun, though. Uh, change of pace. We went, like I said, down from five shows to two shows, which has been a nice uh, breath because I've been able to enjoy more of the shows versus like just feeling I have to get content just grinding out them out. Ooh, yeah, when yeah. it starts to feel like a job, then you're not it rough. It's not people aren't going to listen to you in the same yeah. way that when. You're passionate about doing it. Yeah. Well, you you would Zach would walk by and he'd be and be like, what, seven in the morning? And he'd be like, Brian's at the studio. Why? On like a Saturday. On a Saturday morning. Yeah. I was like, I'm just trying to get things ready to go. How, how has it been now? You're you're like two years in country, uh, coming up on the on your big anniversary. Here? You, yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. It. It, as a Hoosier. Oh, I love it. Uh ten out of ten. Getting getting to know people. You're seeing you know, you're seeing people like Zach around town. How's how's that transition gone? Because the, the Wall Network moved you here, right? It did. Like it moved you to East Central Indiana. Chris Spangles, We Are Libertarians Network, officially is what got me to Indiana. Um, so I remember I you first. Have, huh? so, sorry, never mind. You, came, oh, you came to the pool party and realized when, nobody had to wear a mask and everybody was shopping and walking free, and you were like, "What?" Yeah. I was getting ready to say that literally uh, next month is two years of you in the studio. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Everything's two years. Wow. Yeah. Because January of uh, 2021 is when, or 2022 is when we moved here. And it's 2024. Wow. Of course, you've um, seen how crap Philadelphia has been since he left, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he yeah, was, well, hold, he yeah, was so, holding that together. Yeah. You were the, the glue. glue. Yeah. Well, so Philadelphia was rough. Um, for those who didn't know, I moved from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, downtown Philly. Yeah, like like in the heart of Philadelphia. It was it was a uh, not good. Area. I don't know why you pick on the land of Ben. Where it is like always this. sunny. It, one not, of the cities really I had been attacked in by homeless people. It, oh yeah, New no, Orleans it, is the it's, other. It's it's a it's a dangerous city. Um, but when when I started really getting into libertarian politics, um, I I found we're libertarians, 
and I listened to the network and I really fig like found myself listening to the shows and finding like I was a part of the, the family, mm. even though I wasn't part of the family. Like, I didn't live here. I, Who did you fall in love with? Was it Aaron Ewert or uh <laughs> or uh I really ever did like one or two episodes of Tad Tad Western, Greg Lenz. Who was your it was Tad. who was the person that you said, the, Oh my god, I've gotta be a part it, of these it people? It wasn't so much it it wasn't one character, it was the it was the dynamic. Little Brett Bittner. So like, and, and I personally have gone through some you know, very big changes in my own personal, like friendship dynamics with some very old, close friends who aren't really friends anymore. And I think part of it is because what I was looking for was something that felt very authentic. Mm-hmm. And what I saw coming from the network was people who genuinely enjoyed each other's company because of not just shared experiences, we fooled but this idiot. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. sure did. Me and Harry uh, hate each other, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but shared values and and shared goals. Man. And um, when and, and and I mean, Chris jokes, but when we came out here for the the pool party in 2020, or no, it was 2021. Sorry, yeah, 2021. It was, Jan- it was July 20. Like, Indiana was done with COVID BS J- July 4th, 2020. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it was Ju- July 2021, and it was still lockdown central. And you and Renzo like- came and and to around the same time and yep. just couldn't because he was in DC. Yep, and he he commented, he's like, I was in Noblesville and I could not believe people at the shop. I was on a podcast on I was on Matt Kibbe's show um in 2021 and. It was January 2021, and it was still like a ghost town. Like, you could not do anything. So when I came out here, not only seeing that, but there is just something, and I can't really put it into words, but when you come out here to the Midwest, people... And I know there, like people out here can, like when they hear where I moved from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to here, they all, I always get the why, like why would you move here? Right. But like, and, and just got you, you got to realize your- realize eighty percent of these people moved from Albany, Kentucky to here two generations ago. So I ignore no, there, that, drown that noise a, out. There Boys, is go. a, um, and this is something that in twenty twenty four, like I want to fight. Like there is a crushing cynicism that has crept into American society. Mm-hmm. And people don't love the place in which they live. We yes. no longer we sort ourselves socially by niche, which has kind of taken away the love of our location, which is incredibly important to our souls. Yes. And small town Indiana is awesome. And yes. there is a lot about Indiana that is awesome. Yes. But that is not cool to say. That is a boomer attitude to say that Newcastle, Indiana is awesome. Top ten. Best towns in Indiana, according to World Atlas. If you, you have the last a week's show. now, and so it's it's it, a lot of that East Coast, West Coast, like influence our culture, right. like changing the word soda, pop a year in the in, in the Midwest, just making us not like the Midwest because Harry, the don't coast tell me, is supposed to be so. Harry, much don't tell me you don't call it soft drink. <clears throat> Man, it's Coke. Yeah, tonic. What do you Listen, call? Honestly, <laughs> what, what do you call? What do you call a carbonated beverage? I actually, this is actually a a a a. a Important question. Here's the thing. I grew up calling it um, soda, pop, and tonic, depending on which part of the family. Depending I've upon which grandparent was talking Correct. to. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Tonic. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Was, was there a was there a gin? Young, a, 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 young the, lad, may you fetch say, me a tonic Father, from the fridge? I'd like some tonic, please. <laughs> Like I said, Harry's is that northern landowner is the part weirdest. of Harry's family? My tummy's upset. I need some tonic. Harry's the weirdest person <laughs> I, on the network. <laughs> and James Neese is on the network. Yeah. And Hody. Tonic. 
Yes. And, and me. Sorry. I'm being truthful. What? Okay. All right. All right. Hey, well, let's, let's, let me ask the question this way. my mom. She'll tell you. Which, which brand of car did this person drive that taught you that it's tonic? <laughs> I don't think that's important. It is. It is very I important. I don't think that's I need to know what brand the car was. 86 Cutlass? No. I was like, which top tier General Motors brand is this going to be? <laughs> it's how also I grew up like hating Cadillac cars, working on Cadillacs. Like I I fully embraced BMWs and Mercedes over Cadillac cars. At least those made sense when you're working on them. So really quick, just to finish my one thought, sorry, I, feel, I had to sneeze. Oh, um, I'm sorry. You're interrupting no, it, Harry again. Wow. Well, my original We've never learned. I don't remember how I got interrupted, but I... The the whole There's like five grass podcast host. I know, isn't it great? <laughs> it's my show, damn it! Oh, <laughs> half a second of silence must talk. <laughs> ah! uh, no, but in all seriousness, like the the grass is always greener. Like no, like embrace the like you you're saying like new like small town Indiana is great. Small town Indiana is great. Like mm-hmm. the the fact that not only are you able to have the the impact in your community but like the influence and build those relationships with people like i've been here two years and i think jerry i mentioned to you when we were at the christmas walk i was like going around and i was like oh my god i know people here this year and it was really cool like two years later hilariously like, this is only yeah. the fourth time you've seen jeremiah since you lived here because he travels <laughs> he's, uh, he's usually like camping up in in like the great brian, brian sees me seasonally <laughs> it's very true <laughs> Or when he's from watching November, my cast. I'm on Christmas from, break. From so. November to March, I keep my my Henry County hours where you may yeah. see me yeah. here on the weekends. Yeah. But it, it, it and it's, I, it's the time of the year I hate the most, by the way. <laughs> but it's so alienating. It's like when I was in Philadelphia for seven years, like you are just a number. And it it just it's very weird to, to put that into context. Like just driving around seeing people that every day that I've seen, like you see consistently, uh, there's just something to people it. People start to become an inconvenience mm-hmm. and not just not other people. Okay, right. we'll leave. The, yeah. Uh, the other, see how they feel about we are libertarians. Mm-hmm. The other thing with the small towns is you got to work on the town councils and to get rid of the no fun wine moms that plan a lot of different things. The ones that go, like, oh, we don't need alcohol. Screw you. We need shots. Okay. <laughs> Lawn chairs, coolers. Yeah, I think there's a huge movement in society that I'm happy about where it's like, I don't know what I was watching or it's, it's, it, maybe it's married with children or just like that. Everything is very sexual and everything is very cynical and everything is very gross. And like Ted Lasso comes along and just feels like this breath of fresh air where it's like, yes, loved it. Positive season three is garbage, positive, but I don't agree. I, I think it don't. was better than season. That's why two. I had to say it. No, I I thought season three was pretty good. It I'll kinda, fight you. No, I thought season so, two was. I just don't I'm want just season. I don't want you. Ted sad sad Ted Lasso. No, but like the whole series is great, but season one was the best. Oh, oh just my God, yo, so yeah, it was like so revolutionary because all and it wasn't even that good. It was just that somebody was happy. Yes, and it was yes. family friendly. Was, the glass was half full. Right. I had people like. At my office, who were sports like like meathead guys, being yeah. like, "Man, that Christmas episode, Ted Lasso, had me crying." And I'm like, "Who are you?" Season three, where they're in the locker room and they're like talking about show tunes, or they're talking about stuff that our dads would have called a certain word, right? Barbecue sauce, like a uh, bundle our, of sticks. Our our generation is much a more cigarette f- in England. A Mom. much more family oriented <laughs> society. It's much more about character. Like it's much less about 
stuff. Like, I don't know. I think, and part of the, the economy, we complain about the economy and how bad it is and it's not fair, but I think it is making us more character oriented like our grandparents. Well, and it wasn't, well, so Ted Lasso wasn't preachy either. Yeah, right. right. It he, was just authentic. Yeah. He good. just, he, he, he preached by doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was what spoke to it because it wasn't somebody like, you know, that when we all watch those movies and it comes to that one part in the movie where you can just like feel the character is like getting ready to do like this really big woke speech. Right. And you're, you're getting condescending, like condescendingly yeah. spoken to like, yeah, go to the bathroom time. Yeah. Mean, like there's the, that one scene in Barbie where the girl goes off about the patriarchy. Uh, and I, and I literally, I was like, Oh, here we go. Like I, I just, you can the, feel it. The, the, we just, him we bragging just, about seeing current movies. No, we just watched the Barbie movie and I, and you're exactly right. The Barbie movie is the, just like I said, like, Porky's was the end result of Animal House, like the bro movie taken to its logical conclusion. The Barbie movie is the logical end conclusion of critical theory. Yes. It is the politics of it must die in, there is no story to it. Tell me the plot. Tell me what the story is there. You can't, it literally- Patriarchy bad. Right, like- I thought it was very clever satire. It was very well done. The f- set was amazing to look at, but there was no s- storytelling to it, which is why nobody's going to think about it in five years. Yep. It's not like Grumpy Old Men, which has like a story where you 30 years later, like, where you still that. think, and Margaret is hot. Why do we watch planes, trains, and automobiles every single year? Because it has such a heartwarming, touching story that has values in it, but it's not like the Barbie movie where everything is in service to the movement, to the message, the progressive view. And it's totally uninspiring and does nothing to change any minds. It may make people think... I thought it was way better than it was sort of made out to be, but it still wasn't a great movie. So, yeah, it had its, it had its, its points, yeah. but it just went off the rails when they were just too busy trying to push something. Yeah. We like, just one of the biggest our- feminist in my life was like... She was like, oh, okay, groundbreaking. The man's an idiot. Groundbreaking. Women, yeah. women which her is, moms are which is Which is them. exactly why Bob Newhart didn't want to have a kid on a TV show because it really? was dad's... Yeah, he was like... He's... the the. As his show comes along in in the seventies, and he it's just a married couple, no kids, and they're like, "All right, well, we need to have you have a kid." And he's like, "I love it, sounds great. Who's going to play Bob?" Because I ain't fucking doing it, really. <laughs> yeah, because he's like, "I'm not going to do this show where Dad's the idiot, and I'm you know right. I, it, he he refused to do it, and that's <laughs> that's exactly where Bar- you know where Barbie went later. We were watching uh, Christmas Vacation this year's annual tradition. We yep. just we just wrapped it yep. up. Classic. And and we're watching that program. And I thought the reason this is so damn relatable because it was made in I don't know eighty nine, right? It's the entire month of December. It's the lead up to it. And now it, I think you and I have had this conversation. We're now in our forties. Mm-hmm. Clark Griswold was forty seven years old when the show's right. on. It's becoming more relatable yeah. as as you go on, and it's it takes it doesn't say okay we're gonna take just Christmas and like this day, it takes the season right. It takes like December fourteenth through December twenty fifth, yeah, like or Christmas Eve I guess, and it shows everything that's happening in the life. It shows hey we're going to work, we're schlepping to work, we're worried about the money not coming in, we're worried about these family inconsist you know inconveniences and putting up the lights and dealing with the neighbors, all of these things that you deal with in the holiday season. Yeah. It, it perfectly to you. it perfectly connects to the American Christmas experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the the reason the movies from the eighties and nineties are the best ever made 
is that they were trained by the vaudeville generation. Mm -hmm. And so the vaudeville generation never really had money because it was all a new industry, new technology. It wasn't advanced. But in vaudeville, you performed two, three, four times a day or night Mm -hmm. every day for 300 days a year. And Bob Hope, Jack Benny, Gracie Gracie and Allen, Burns and Allen, they had like these, you know, those old radio shows had like the, they just had entertainment so finely honed and then they grew up and kind of became the leaders of Hollywood and then taught that generation of Spielberg and Christopher Columbus and and other people and then in the 80s and 90s you had the technology settled you had the wealth to make the movies that you wanted to make mm-hmm. and then when somebody you get gave the to, keys to John Hughes right you get, John Hughes is a, a huge theme throughout most of what we've just talked about right today. oh absolutely you get yeah. you get the Hollywood gave people the freedom to experiment and then when you get to you get to really like the 2000s post Iraq war which everything is in service to a message right or left politics now shapes people's views those friendships are probably destroyed because of politics people now select their church based on political views yep. not based on views of Christ like that means you have a golden calf in your life right everything is political now and so movies now have to fit you know, Matt Reif, major comedian, never heard of him, big on TikTok, huge female audience, says, you know what? I need more men following me. What's the way I can get a male audience? Well, there's a formula. Let me make a domestic violence joke. <laughs> men sure do love that. That really appeals to men, I think. And then let me go and Jordan Peterson cry about cancel culture while I still cash millions of dollars of checks. Like, like it's now reached like an absurd conclusion on the left and right where it's also watered down that everything is about the message and it's not about the story that you're trying to tell. That's why something like Miss Pat's content reaches people because mm-hmm. she's not trying to fit in, in, into any stereotype. Like her shows are just authentic and it connects with people. And all these women listen to the podcast because they go, that reminds me exactly how my mom actually talked to me, not how like some. TV show that was crafted by some overthinkers who, you know, never grew up the way, you know, they just all grew up in Hollywood and they wrote the TV show because they think that's what a young black female wants to watch, as opposed to a woman who comes along and says, yeah, I am a black mama and I do yell at my kids and I do tell them to fuck off, right? Like, so... It's after eight o'clock, kids. It's fine. Yeah, I'm just saying it's... it's. <laughs> so, oh, sorry. Yeah, I forgot you guys don't curse. We're in prime time. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> the the... After the Iraq war, everything kind of became about picking a team in content, in media, in entertainment, in movies, and it drove people away. And so now the only thing you can get is like, well, uh, maybe we should do like a reboot of MASH. Well, so maybe yeah, we should do every, a reboot of this. Every, everything is a reboot, and it's nobody's making those those movies from the 80s and 90s, and even like, they really stopped. Like they, yeah. they really stopped when Iron Man came out and they mm-hmm. went comic book movie because they no longer said, Hey, we're going to focus to an American and a Canadian yeah. speaking audience. They said, we're going to take a movie that we can make one time and we can spread it across the world and we can, they we can't can show, afford to do it. We, we can show it to everybody else. Yeah. So your, your narrow casting of movies has gone away. You have it in, in, in podcasting form. You have it in YouTube yeah. and you have it in shows like Ms. Pat saves the world, but you don't have it. In the general audience movies anymore? No, because they can't afford to do it. Yeah. So you they get can't these, afford to take the risk. You they get the trashy Marvel movies. Yeah, you you get what they know they can make money on. But that's the thing that 
I, don't, I disagree now because Disney just showed us they'd lost over a billion dollars this year trying to rehash mm-hmm. what used to work. Indiana Jones lost some like what two hundred something a billion good movie. dollars. It was better than Crystal Skull. That was not it? a good movie. Yeah, it was, it was good. not better than Crystal Skull. Well, I watched Chris. I will watch Crystal Skull in the it movie lost theater them $200 tomorrow. Million dollars. No, Marvels lost them. Uh, it was you're, the you're worst. Talking about people who are stuck in a framework that they can't get out of. No, but I'm saying locked but, in by shareholders. But but that that framework though used to work because they did 26 movies from the Marvel universe, but they were all crafting into a story. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, yes, it worked, but it was because it was part of something that was more grand. Mm-hmm. Then you go to the next phase of that and they lost that storytelling arc because they, they introduced the multiverse and now yeah. there's no consequences. Oh my gosh, this character died. Oh, just kidding. That was in right, multiverse yeah. like 623. Yeah. Right. So, you you also now lose the ability to tell that story, and then you go back. I mean, yeah, like C- Crystal Skull was was garbage, but I mean, we, that's not even the point so much as people are just tired of seeing the same t- story just retold in a different way. Frasier's on the air again. Are we just a past, a post movie culture Frasier. at this point? What did you I, say? I said we could just be a post movie culture. I don't think, I, I, I don't I think we're be. there. That I don't think I. I I mean, maybe like I think you can watch a YouTube video, and we, you, there's this guy named Dean Lantini that I watch that talks about Christian stuff, and his videos are him just talking about characters in like the mega evangelical movement, and it's basically like watching a, you're watching a storyteller give his opinion on these characters. It's basically like a movie, but it's just a dude with a DSLR and a and a and a mic, like. You're, you, it's all niching down. The problem with para, like big broadcast mass media, is you're no longer ever going to have what you had in the 80s where you had defined channels. You now have everybody based on their hyper niche every second. Do you know the one place? I would place, never watch Grand Theft Auto 6 videos. The, the one ever, place we right? get together? You, that to use all five. The one, the one place we get together, the NFL. Right, and we, that's going away. Sports sports is the one place that we all refocus. That's why the Super Bowl is the biggest And it's not going to be that Bingo. way for much longer. Because, but, the re, but the thing is, is people are doing storytelling. They're just, and they are attracted to storytelling. They want it just within the characters that they want to choose. They're programming their characters. And so Disney can't exist 50 years from now in the same way, 10 years from now in the same way. Like, uh, Luca, I thought was a good movie, but that Red Panda movie was awful. Like, it wasn't for you. It, it, it's, <laughs> no, it's awful. It wasn't it's for awful. you. I think Little Mermaid is an awful movie. It wasn't for you, but it's a good story. Aquafina was great in that movie. That movie wasn't for you. you could go, no, Luca, Luca, great story. There's, there are listen, defined rules. Listen, of story, old though. white man, that movie wasn't right. made for no, you. you. It wasn't you, for you. You could dismiss it, but guess what? Audiences agreed with me. There we go. And Money's agreed with that, me. And that's the part that we have to kind of go back to is like, it used to be that you you would tell a good story and then you were rewarded right. in at the box office. Whereas now you you kind of expect, you're trying to make that formula. It's like- So this is why tonight we are announcing that Chris Spangle is starting his own production company. And we are making Uncle Buck too. That's right. Well, there's a but there's a reason. Starring Chris Spangler, like Ron Milford. All right, shout out to Ron Milford. 
who's a great dude who lives up in northern Indiana. He watches this podcast every single week. Absolutely. Right? He he became aware of me through Bob and Tom. Then he started checking out other stuff. But why does he like this podcast? Because he sees people... Like, why does Craig DaCosta live, watch from Hawaii? He supports the Brian Nichols show. Because yeah. Craig says... It reminds me of all the dumb idiots in my town. It's, it's, you guys are Mayberry, you're Andy Griffith. That's why that show still works. It's, it's just entertainment has changed to the point now where a guy from, I think it's Warsaw, Indiana will watch Newcastle people. Is it Wabash or Warbash or Warsaw? Warsaw. Nobody knows. It's impossible to know. You know, it's, it's not something to be mourned that there's no, that Marvel movies are the only movies they can make. It's a great opportunity for you to buy a DSLR and become a character like these two. Yes. You know, and do your own content. Yeah. Walk away, make your own. Yeah. Yeah. It's a perfect opportunity for it. There's tons of different venues for you to release your own content. I don't know what Harry's watching and talking about half the time in our, post but we're still friends as right, yeah. much as i would like for this to be an old school wall episode on a saturday morning where we go for four hours let's go it is a school night <laughs> some of us it is true some of us, some of us have work in the morning oh i'm on vacation for two weeks i know i cannot <laughs> believe i you messaged chris and i said i don't know what we're gonna do this week maybe i can get chris to come out i said he's gonna tell me no because this is his hibernation period uh but he instead was just moderately difficult and said, oh, I couldn't possibly do a Thursday, uh, but maybe Wednesday. And then we get through Christmas and I'm like, I you know, I did my negotiating well, on this side with these guys and I got a Wednesday commitment. And yesterday, Spengel's like, oh, is that still on? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and then Harry, Harry, I just out of curiosity. When did he contact you? It was a Sunday. Yeah, it was like All Saturday. Right. And and it, honestly, when he messaged me, I even was like, yeah. So like, which January? Which Wednesday in January? <laughs> I had a, it was like, what this one? I I literally you could look at the text. It's like I would have loved to not have come here. <laughs> I would have loved to have stayed home. But as many of you know, I am now married, which means I can no longer relax in my own house. That's not allowed when you're so, married. So yeah, Newcastle well. looked appealing. So true. Sitting around and watching Hitler documentaries for two weeks straight is that, no longer on That the version agenda. of Chris is dead. That has been murdered. <laughs> not dead. Murdered. Sad. Brutalized. Oh, what are you doing up there? I need help cleaning the house. Well, why are you so grumpy all the time? I don't know. Maybe it's because you won't let me watch Monk and play my video games. That's why you gotta right. get a smoker. Be outside, chopping so, wood all the time. Yeah. You've got to choose a side. Coming out here had, now was my hibernation because I got an hour to myself. Well, yeah, quite hey. a bit more. You were at Pizza King at 445. <laughs> it's 930 no, I now. Love, I love my wife. She's <laughs> he very was, good. At, he I, was eating lunch with the uh, the four o'clock <laughs> senior <laughs> citizens. I, crowd. I am Same joking. I love my wife. I, she He's lets me do very happy. But there people, is a grain of truth in it. When the, when you have a family and you've got a wife, like <laughs> things are different than like five years ago where I could just sit for two weeks and not answer the phone and not go anywhere and... So something like this is fun. So but. so we are at the point in the show where we do our final thoughts. <laughs> Christy Avery is politicking for four hours, <laughs> no, four no. hours, four hours. Uh, Christy, here here's how you get four hours. You press rewind and you start from the beginning, <laughs> and you catch you catch the hidden nuggets in here because because they were uh, seven forty four is where we started. We're an hour forty, and I think yeah. we were we were over we were around thirty minutes on our. Patreon part. Our Patreon segment. I'm definitely long. tired. <laughs> you look at I can see it in your face. You too, old man. You and me both are like. <laughs> pizza. All right. Real quick. I'm That's trying to work my final thoughts. 
But this, I'm trying to get out of here before my house alarm sets at 10. <laughs> I don't know if I can remember the code. <laughs> you haven't been out that long. Huh? Yeah. Dakota will be sleeping in the truck tonight. <laughs> Chilling. This, don't let him lie to you. He gets called out for late night calls all the time. He makes money. Final thoughts, Harry. What have we learned today? What have we forgotten? I know that both Dakota and Brian rudely interrupted you many times. So please finish your thoughts. Tell us about that Cadillac. Did it have leather or cloth, vinyl? Well, tell us, finish your thoughts. Let's, let's clean things up tonight. Well, first off, Cadillacs are junk cars. Don't buy people Cadillacs. Any dad out there who bought their son a Cadillac for a first car is because you secretly hate them or want them to understand why engineers suck. You know you are. Anyways, i like to also give a shout out to honorary key holders like uh, Christy out there. Thank you for listening. And it's low-key on the Wheeler Pairs Network, not low-key wall anymore. It's low-key on the wall network. Okay. Okay. We're just, we're just low key. Uh, just low key. The show is just low key. Sorry, it's just low key. On the, yeah. On Blame the him. He said yeah. it wrong the first yeah. time. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't approve this change. Uh, that's so the, that's the, that's the, that. the is, that, uh, is that why there's confusion? That's the name. Sorry. That's the name. Of the you show. know what, you know what the picture should be? The little logo should be the key. From his from his old apartment, <laughs> <laughs> I am messing with the other yoga because uh, I am creating like another podcast here coming up because uh, uh, oh, I'm separating the two podcasts going in two different directions. You're divorcing yourself. I'm divorcing the two, so, so I'm taking Reinhold to the left and taking him. So we just talk politics and then kicking taking him more to the left. Yes, Good God then, help us. And then kicking um, Vincent to the right. He doesn't need and help. We're going to do like more of a culture oriented podcast. Yeah, so I haven't been invited on low key wall on the wall network. It's just low key on the wall network. Bastard. Uh in like a year and a half. Oh. It's well, been a long uh, time. We um because it's been well, a, apparently maybe it was a, because I serial mispronounced the name of the program. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Program? Yeah. Program. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Are, are, we in, are we in Soviet Russia? Yeah, the boys didn't play well Friday night, but you know, <laughs> maybe we can get a better program. <laughs> you know, you know the YouTube thing that's been really fun is that somebody got those are called the programs. Never mind. Somebody <laughs> got <laughs> totally different than somebody <laughs> somebody started a YouTube channel with James Carville where he just stands in front of a whiteboard and explains Louisiana history. <laughs> really? Yes. What? That's awesome. Oh, oh, yeah. It is. He is just spilling the tea on because the, this dude from uh, the new speaker, speaker of the house, Mike Johnson, yeah. is a Louisiana guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he that just said triggered the new pecker of the house. That, that the new pecker of the house. That triggered James Carville and something snapped. So he got some college kid to just turn the, the camera on and he explains the world in the eyes of James Carville. I got, you got to say, and, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, Spengler is going to absolutely adore it. I love that James. Yeah. So it's like That's there's like awesome. two or three hours of him just standing in front of a map explaining who's related to who and who did what and what university was what. Just absolutely spilling it. Anyway, James Gary Carville has a right great there. cameo in right Wedding there. Crashers. Thank you. I, I believe he does. He does. Senator, him, yeah. him and John McCain. Yeah, he's both, so you know, oh, Wedding James Crashers. a national treasure. So low key yeah, on low the wall. Key on the wall. Wall network. Network. And wall network. That's, 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 that's low key wall. I'm going to write this down in pen. Key. Just low key. We'll you're going to get in trouble. Your your year end interview is not going to go well with this attitude, Harry. That's fine. It's uh it's um got quite the attitude, Harry. I have uh well it's a I, reason why I'm so confident in it, it's because in my contract I have an automatic um, renewal renewal for 
2025. So I'm golden to that. <laughs> <laughs> Automatic renewal. I got to speak to my nieces about yeah. this. Yeah. And, you know, you know, it's uh, Harry's much better at negotiating that's than right. you are. You had no chance. My nine year old niece runs this network. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's fun. Um, are you, are you gonna are you gonna make make some time for Dear Leader here? Or are you gonna use all the time up? Dakota's Dakota's gonna turn into I a thought pumpkin. About, I thought about just filibustering, just taking it all, but no, no, that's pretty much it. Filibustering. The gentleman from McCordsville will cede his time. <laughs> I am not from McCordsville. <laughs> Fountain Town. What is it? Wow, it's a secret Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great video game. I hurt my feelings. I crank it nice. Like there, nobody's yeah. business. Or yeah, just keep going. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. You know, uh, I don't have fine. anything. No, uh, be, uh, I, I'm not going to make it home to watch myself on TV. <laughs> but you can set, set your set your VCR. <laughs> that's the greatest first world problem that's ever been spoken on this show before. I'm not going to get home <laughs> to watch myself on television. Ridiculous! Whoever talked and took us on all these. Mysteries. We've had some former politicians in here, but that's the most entitled statement I've ever heard. <laughs> I I knew him when he scrubbed toilets in the post office. And I knew him when his Chrysler 200 was on blocks. <laughs> you, once, okay? you once said, hey, I'm in town. Because he loves pizza. living in Indy. Uh, the pizza lord. He goes, you want to go to get pizza? And I said, yeah, I'd love to go get pizza. And I said, I'm going to be honest with you. I have $7.50 to my name. And he said, oh, that's fine. Yeah, we'll go. And then when the bill came, I gave him $7.50. And he looked at me and he said, where's the rest? And I go, I wasn't lying. <laughs> uh, this is why I have continued to contribute $7 a month to the wall Patreon <laughs> for nine years now. Jeremiah Morals Pizza Society. Uh, yeah, so check out all my projects, chris-bangle.com. That's my link tree. You can find all the different shows and lots of new, fun, cool things coming this year that I check. think are fun and cool. I don't care if any of you do either, but we'll see. Maybe you will. Maybe you like won't. many young women on Instagram, check the link in his bio. That's, please. <laughs> Chris-Spangle.com. Only Chris.net. So, Zach, has this been all you hoped for? <laughs> this is the, we haven't had a show this long since uh, uh, Travis White was in here wearing 18 different hats. <laughs> yeah, this has been entertaining just to sit back and watch. <laughs> Good old Travis. How you uh, doing, buddy? If you don't love on Brenda Grider right now, yeah, I was gonna say I, I that has come up because she was in the chat earlier. Um, people, you guys are talking about small town. Uh, Brenda Grider, um, she's only got uh, what, less than a week left. Uh, she's the clerk the, treasurer. Uh, clerk treasurer, um, stepping away from that. Um, one of the hardest working people in Newcastle. One of those people that does a lot of things that make uh, the town a lot better. She was kind of instrumental in the big bike giveaway. They get like they gave away like two hundred bikes at a Broad Street Cruise a couple months ago. Um, so we had a local family member of a fireman diagnosed with cancer and Brenda shows up with a cavalcade of people and they got a check, they got some Christmas gifts and they got an all expenses paid trip to Disney. Um, nice. just delivered to their front door. I also know that Brenda also, she messaged me, uh, the week before Christmas and she's like, Hey, your kid got a bike, didn't he? Or did he get a bike? Cause my son's bike was stolen off the porch. And I said, yes, my son was taken care of. And she's okay. I'm working some magic. Just wanted to, to check in. I noticed that the Broad Street Cruise people worked with Pointer Brothers and they were delivering bikes on Christmas Eve, I think, to kids who didn't know that they had bikes coming. And um and they weren't like 
nothing at all. Called Walmart. They weren't Walmart bikes. They Pointer weren't Huffies. No, Pointer, they were like custom painted Pointer Brothers um, bikes with that were like sweet looking. So Brenda's been working, and um, she's also a prime Santa's helper for all the kids that mail stuff to Santa. Um, so just small town. Brenda's one of those people that makes small town Newcastle great. Um, and she got a standing ovation at her last city council meeting, and she deserved it for all the stuff she does out of the city council. That's the least of the work she does for the community is, is in her elected position. So kudos to Brenda. I'm not sure if she's still listening, um, but she but should maybe past her bedtime. Yeah, it might be past her. But she, yeah, she should. Too, take, whatever, <laughs> take whatever vacation time she had, just burn it. Dakota, the youngest person in the room is exhausted. Yeah. yeah. Dakota, when I, that's met all him, I- when I met Dakota, he was 77 years old on the inside. <laughs> it's and I can see it in, he's his, all like in Jackson's his, eyes. He's all like Jackson his third has Buick. inherited it, too. Yeah. <laughs> Jackson's three going on 47. <laughs> he's like... <sighs> I guess we'll have beats an hour. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Dakota's he's, been he's, through, he's been through Buicks, not a Buick. No, I've only had one Buick. <laughs> you threw that phrase, but that's all I'd say was shout out to Brenda and now on to whatever Dakota's final thought was, which will be probably good night. We're just going to skip right over hey, Brian. Dakota. Zach says, well, we're done with. Yeah. <laughs> Dakota, make it quick. <laughs> Brian? I cede my time to Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm getting tired now. <laughs> I've grown Brian, quite through it. You have no more than ten minutes to tell us you love us. <laughs> I do love you guys. Um, no, uh, I would just reiterate the point Harry made about cybersecurity threats. So one of the things I'm doing here locally in uh, Newcastle is uh, I'm I partner with a company that does uh, cybersecurity penetration testing services for small and medium businesses. I knew I couldn't say it without getting him to giggle. Um, but no, it's uh, it's going in 2024. Uh, a lot of companies, especially uh, if you are in a regulated industry. Uh, so I do a lot of work with like credit unions, banks, um, anybody who has any private information has to deal with like HIPAA, uh, PCI, stuff like that. So if you need to have a penetration test, <laughs> I, I, know, I just got to say it one more time for Chris. <laughs> Um, please give me a shout, uh, Brian Nichols Consulting. I'm located right here, literally next door, um, on Ray Street. So, uh, yeah, happy to help. Uh, somewhere yeah. north of Q. You should say for pen the test. Pen test. Yeah. I, I'm going to say penetration test one more time for Chris, <laughs> just because, uh, just to get into. If you need penetrated, call Brian Nichols. Yeah, exactly. 765 now, 529. Like, shout before or after the penetration test. <laughs> You know, it depends on how much we find, Chris. Dirty. Really, it depends on how much we find. Yeah. Uh, no, other than that, though, no, uh, Brian Nichols Show, you can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, I've been doing the show since 2018, so I got 800 episodes. It's uh, wild. And uh, other than that, no, I love being a part of this great network. It's good to do these in-person conversations. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, usually my it's, conversations are like on a computer isn't screen. It, so. Isn't it nice to get invited on a show once in a while? Sure is, Jer. <laughs> Name me a Saturday for you ever in town. Yes, right. You're never in town. <laughs> we invited you. Invited. I did you not ask for the finger pointing at nine o'clock. That's his fault. That, that is my. Fault. And you invited me the day before, <laughs> saying I and you you qualified your ask, saying I know it's probably a long shot. I'd forgotten. <laughs> we decided on Wednesday. I was so upset. Friday came along and he goes, uh, "Did you invite Brian?" I was like, "Shit!" <laughs> <laughs> I was so upset. 
and I would have, I would have been able to probably figure a way to make it work. But then I was like, you know, just it was 24 hours, <laughs> nine month old. Just no, just I get not. it. Mm-mm. I mean, I had have a younger child, but I made it. It's okay. It was a Brian episode. Congratulations. We needed Brian yeah. for that episode. Dakota, what, 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 what have we learned today? Nothing much. <laughs> Dakota, it was entirely a waste of time. I'm sorry I was here. Uh, Dakota is struggling to stay awake I'm right now. Tired. Now, he ate. I can say. He ate seven chocolates I and then a, fell asleep. <laughs> but chocolate. <laughs> literally four years old. <laughs> tired. A finger last dip. Last night we honey. had. A, last night we had a candy party. Reagan and Matthew went to bed at like eight, and so Eleanor and I stayed up <clears> for like eleven. Oh. And she ate too much more candy than she's ever eaten in her life, and then she's running around, running around, running. Can I go to bed now? That's exactly what happened with Dakota right now. That's exactly what's happened to me. Uh, I've been up since 4.30, though. Same. It's just the way it is. I'm tired. should do more yoga. I was yeah, up at 4.30 exercising. That's what I was doing. Same. So, ex- I, I'm just saying. We, like, we're exercising all Your alone. point is. All right. So, next week's show, uh, we will be here on Actually, Thursday. Stuff. We'll be here on Thursday. We have secured an interview with a former state representative and new town councilman for Louisville, Indiana, Tom Saunders, uh, the Honorable Tom Saunders. He He is promoted. He is on his book tour. Uh, He and Daryl Radford have uh, have written a book. Uh, It's his tell all from his time in the state house. Uh, It's going to be a must have for Henry County uh, historians. And those interested in uh, what has happened in this, over this uh, the time Tom was uh, was in the state house, the man went from being a janitor in the county courthouse to being a uh, state legislator for over twenty five years. Uh, so I'm excited to have uh, have them come and tell stories and see see where it goes. Is Daryl coming? Too? And Daryl Daryl Radford will be here as well. So it's going to be a great show. Uh, I hope Dakota can stay up for it. Uh, it'll be uh, it'll come on around seven o'clock. So it's, it'll be an hour and a half, two hours after the sun went down. I, it's going to be a struggle. It always is. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremiah's wife is waiting in the parking lot. All right. <laughs> it has been for like 20 minutes. <laughs> at least. <laughs> She's ready to go to bed and she had to pick him up. <laughs> yeah. With it, was, that. it was 12 minutes ago. She's like, wait in the parking lot. <laughs> I, I will not be home by 10 for those wondering. <laughs> With that, better figure thank out you for participating. <laughs> this has been great. <laughs> We will see you a week from tomorrow. One more thing. Jesus. (laughs)